0: Yeah, she said you were cool, basically. Basically? Was I some
1: percentage not cool?
0: No, she said you were cool, but, you know.
1: No, I don't know.
0: Sort of how you are.
1: It's fine, relax. What do you mean, how am I? What that? Sort of like me.
0: Sort of like you? I hope to God she didn't tell Nikki that. Why? Because it... It's just not right, lumping you and I together. It's... I mean, it's just wrong. And Nikki wouldn't like that. Especially after all the shit you just told me. You think that I'm crazier than you. <laughs> because... Well, we're different, I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, you're killing me.
1: You know what, forget I offered to help you. Forget the entire fucking idea. Cause that
2: must have been fucking crazy because I am so much crazier than you. Keep your voice down.
0: I am just the crazy slut with a dead husband. (laughs) Forget it. Shut the fuck up.
1: Number nine. Cast. Michael Govier, Travis Roy Eric Branchum. this is the second to last show of 2022 that we will do. You may watch this six months from now and not care about that at all. And if that's the case, welcome to the show. Also, we have chapters now on YouTube so if you want to skip ahead to certain parts of the show within an episode, we've been keeping up on that the last couple of weeks. And they're a lot of fun. makes it easier for you all to navigate. And you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, give us a like on this video if you happen to be watching it. And then we're going to focus on Silver Linings Playbook as the main focus of today's show. That'll be our Does It Hold Up or Not segment. But first, there's so much to cover. We're going to talk about a lot of things movie-related. Travis Roy, it's the end of the movie year for 2022, although the movie season in terms of celebrity excitement and awards is just kicking off. It's true.
2: Like every year, they like to wait for the quote-unquote most important movies to come out, you know, December 31st or whatever. Uh, but there's definitely been a lot of movies this year, and we'll talk about what we think
1: the best are that we've
2: seen, and, you know,
1: as we do. That's true. Eric Bradshaw, you getting ready for Hellstorm 2023.
0: <coughs> yeah, hell, hell illness can, <laughs> rages on. Been sick for like three straight Uh-oh. months. Finally did a telehealth with my doctor, and my doctor's like... All right, I'm giving you like these drugs. See if they work. I'm like, what? Like, when could I have gotten these like a month ago? He's like, can't get these in the stores. Take these and it'll go away. I'm like, what the hell's going on here?
1: <laughs> give up this. Give up these you secret being, cough meds. You think you're being uh taken advantage of by your own doctor? Maybe you should prescribe someone new how about a prescription for a I love new my doctor.
0: doctor he's like 18 but like he knows all like the cutting-edge stuff and he's like just take this prescription tomorrow the cough is going to be gone
2: <laughs> is it is it like antibiotics yeah, he, he doubled me you? up on
0: antibiotics and some like okay. crazy ass thing but like i got high hopes I, it's good to have a great doctor that you trust
1: it really is. I cannot tell you how important that is. I had a doctor I loved and really adored for about a year. And it was the I best I told him year about the life. podcast. I'm like, who's the best doctor in, in movies? And he, uh, <laughs> he
0: told me that he'd send me a message on my chart. It never happened.
2: Oh. <laughs> He's a busy man. I mean, my, my my GP, I think he sees he has like 700 patients or something crazy like that uh, in a <laughs> given day. I, I and mean, he gave me the number once. It was outlandish. I'm like, no wonder you spend 10 minutes with me. I'll yeah. well, have a nice life. No wonder you always call me Mr. Travis, <laughs> Mr. Travis, Mr. Roy.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, there's people who do that. They call I have people I work with. They call them Mr. or Mrs their first name like
2: no they get they get it backwards for whatever reason like just medical professionals always like you know they look at a list of names and since my last name is technically a first name they get to my name and they think well this this one's out of order so this must be mr travis i've been saying mr Mister jones here's mr travis i'm like no my name is not the one name on the list that's in mm-hmm. backwards order it's mr roy
1: Thank yeah you. travis roy i wonder how travis roy is doing you know the guy who got a, a terrible spinal injury uh, he, oh. he,
2: he passed away a few years ago buddy. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, shit. Yeah. Hey, you know, it's not the holidays if we're not getting a little down and out, right? I think it's only reasonable. Actually,
2: we talked about it when it happened on the podcast because <laughs> I came in and told you guys that Travis Roy was dead.
1: Yep. As soon as we're going through this now, I'm recalling it. I'm feeling the emotions from that original reveal. And boy, uh, that's too bad. We wish you the best, the Roy family. Not your oh, family, you. the other no. Roy. Oh, yeah, your family well, too, you. sure. Everybody, all the Roys. Every Roy in the world from Rob Roy's distant ancestors. I hope they're doing well. <laughs> I don't know. That was a nickname. He's, he's, not, he's not a
2: f- true Roy. That was just wow. a
1: nickname. Did you guys ever see that movie? Rob Roy, Liam Neeson? Was that any good? Yeah, I didn't Roy, see it. I never Roy did it either.
2: Guys I was He-Hell? bitter. I was bitter that He's not a real
1: Roy. I feel like I feel like Braveheart really drowned out Rob Roy. It just Dead. came out around the same time. Poor Rob Roy. Although I wouldn't call it a comparison film like Dante's Infer- uh, Dante's peak and uh, whatever the fuck the other volcano movie was back then. <laughs> Anyways, volcano. we got a lot volcano? to cover, so we should not fuck around Brown, as they say. Don't forget, uh, email the show, cinnamonipod at gmail.com if you have any thoughts on whatever you hear or see. Next week, we're going to have a guest. He's known as the Dragon Movie Guy. Got his own YouTube channel, his own show. So check out Dragon Movie Guy. I'll put some more of that information in the description of the show later. And I'll reveal his selection for next week's show at the end right. of the show. That'll be exciting. Right. It's always fun to funny. have the pick before everyone else does. You feel like you got a big secret. So All right. cut the bullshit. <laughs> we're not we're gonna get to quarantine viewing picks, but we wanted to talk about, you know, we're at the end of the year here. It's the very end of 2022. There's been a lot of movies that came out and that we've watched. I've tried to watch as many as I could. There's still a couple I didn't get to, but let's go around the room here and talk about our best of 2022 from a film perspective. Travis, why don't you lead it off here and take us in any direction you want us to go.
2: Okay. You know, it's funny. You guys, we were talking before, and you had both said that you Eric, I believe you said you liked one movie this year. Was your was your quote something to that effect? Uh, I've got a top 20 Holy movies shit. of 2022. I thought this was a great year for film. I think you guys are out of your minds. Or maybe I just watched a lot more movies than you. Um, I, it, there's a lot of good movies this year. Now, I'm not going to go through all 20 movies. That, that would be too
1: Oh, seriously? Why don't you give us like the, the 20 to 10 for real? I'd just like to hear the names. The, you mean like the
2: the rank? In the you have them in or- Do you have them in order? I have, I have them all in order. Yeah, you yeah, want them yeah. all in order? I'd love to hear that. Yep. I'd yeah, love yeah. i love a good list. I'm gonna go from okay. twenty to yeah, one. I'm I'll ready. go backwards. I'm ready. All right, this
0: won't be I'm boring I'm just gonna at list
2: all. them off and not really not, not leave a lot okay. of uh, talk about it. There's only there's only yeah. This won't be boring at all. Oh, let listen, listen to me rattle off twenty titles. Uh, although I did lie to you, Eric. There is one movie that I watched this week that that made it into my mm. top twenty. Didn't make it into my top five. So number twenty, take it to paradise. Number nineteen, pray. Number oh, 18. I never watched
1: that one, yeah. You the guys Northman. talked about
2: it. Yeah. yeah, The Northman at number 18. Number 17, I'm going to give up to Top Gun mm. Maverick, which I watched today. Uh, what? Did you? <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I did. Uh, number 16, I'm going to give up to Hustle. Number 15, the Finnish film Hatching. Mm. Uh, wait, we're, we're, no, I'm sorry. No, no, 15 was Fresh, the Hulu horror movie. Uh, Fresh, mm. then 14 is Hatching. 13, another horror movie, The Black Phone. This is what's got me so excited this year. There's so many great horror movies, The Black Phone. Uh, Number 12, I'm going to give up to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Number 11, Turning Red. I loved it. Which brings me to number 10, talked about last week, Bros. Number nine, uh, Nope. Number eight, Barbarian. Number seven, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Mm. Talent. Number six, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And my top five, number five is Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Number four is Elvis. <gasps> number three is the banshees of Inna <gasps> Sharon. Number two is Everything Everywhere All at Once. And number one is the
0: Batman. the Batman.
1: He's the Batman. He's the Batman.
2: That is my list. Wow. I'm
0: trying to
1: figure out. So many, on so many thoughts. So many thoughts. It's a great movie. It was a great movie miss? year. I'm well, sure I
2: missed many. <laughs> you know, okay, so- not, I, haven't, I haven't seen Glass Onion yeah. comes out on Netflix tomorrow. In our time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So haven't seen Tar or Well, we till. can uh,
1: amend it on the last show of the year next week too. We could amend any that yeah, we didn't we'll, get to. So and we'll cool. talk
2: about it again oh. when Oscar's time rolls around too.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's okay. So how cool. I mean I I saw one of your movies last night, so that I'm gonna I mean, I don't know when we'll, we'll talk about it, I guess, soon. Yeah. I don't I, know how we're doing you this you, approach. You is. watched
2: one of those twenty movies? Yes, I did.
1: <laughs> you talked about it last week and I watched it this week. Oh, okay. So. And I, I don't know. I just don't know how you see it in the top 20. I really disagree strongly. And I was surprised because oh, wow. you were such a... I mean, let's just talk about it, right? I mean, okay. Who, yeah, don't be yeah.
2: cryptic. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, so uh, the Banshees. Oh, okay. Dude. A vi- you really loved it, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. Okay. Tra- uh, Eric, you've not seen this movie. No. Right? Should, can I stick around or is this
0: spoilerific? Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. No
1: spoilers. I just... Uh, I was really excited for it first because I do love Martin McDonough. So I'm already down. And then the way you described uh, how how impressive it was, it, it really seemed to hit you in a way that you really enjoyed it, that it moved into your top 20 for the year. Top three. Top three, yeah. And, and three. I just don't. It's a. The only thing I'll say, yeah, it's a slow burn. Okay, whatever. Yeah, it's a plotting film. It takes patience, so maybe that's not for me. I don't know. May, no, uh, that may
2: be the case. But but two things for me that really stick out for that movie. One being that it's incredibly simple in its premise, but also profound at the same time, which I may mm. have made that comment last week. And also that. I can't think of a movie, and, you know, it's hard to do a unique story. I can't think of a movie quite like it, a movie that tracks that exact kind of turn in a relationship that is a very real thing that happens, and yet I cannot think of a single movie that addresses that. Um, so I I, th- I thought it was pretty profound.
1: Yeah. You know, maybe I'll watch it again, but I maybe my hype got too high because of my love of Martin McDonough's films and just yeah. watching Bruges, and I was like, oh, dude, comparing Bruges to... The Banshees of Inchering. In a
2: very sharing. different. Movie. Yeah, very very different,
1: different. Movie. yeah, very, very different. So it's not fair necessarily, and it's still sitting with me fresh. But that was my initial reactions. I was getting angry through the first twenty five <laughs> minutes of the film. I was, I was, I in fact, I wrote it down here in my notes when I keep notes on certain films for the weekly log of doing the show here on Cinema Nine. That in caps, all caps. I want to make sure I really did this. This was at yeah. about one thirty seven a.m. last night. So boring! All caps. <laughs> several O's on the "so boring." <sighs> it's not Top
2: Gun Maverick. I'll, I'll give it that.
1: I will. That's the other thing that blew my mind about your list is that you watched it, it and then it made your top twenty. <laughs> made it in all the hype, everyone. So it really is this
2: good, then, huh? I I just watched it today, and I was like, "Well, god damn it, it's really good," and Tom Cruise. <laughs> Man, you know, that man can really act. That dude... I mean, the reactions... In, throughout the whole movie, it's just him like reacting to people saying things. And every time I'm like, fuck, I feel for you. I feel for you, Mav. Um, <laughs> I, I, I haven't he's, seen, he's it. So, I so seen it. I know Eric's seen
1: it. Eric has seen it, right? I have not seen it, so... But I'm like the last guy to not see it, the last person to not see it. And it becomes a real phenomenon. And you, of all people, are not a no. gung-ho patriot, you know, rah-rah propaganda guy either, so.
2: I did not expect to like this movie. I watched the first half on my laptop, and then I was finally like, I gotta I gotta make the switch and, like, do, give us this proper view. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. What? A, that's, yeah. wow, so much to say. Eric, uh, do you want to comment anything you heard?
0: You're muted, bud. Oh, is he say muted? Say what you will yes. about uh, Martin McDonough. His films are ne- never boring. What? What is this? What is this emotion?
2: It's a 1923, you know, it's set in 1923, it's like an Irish island, it's very very small. It's it's a quiet film. It's not like it's not Seven Psychopaths. Mm. No.
1: Mm. It's not any of his movies. It's but it is at the same time. I oh, yeah. I, ch- yeah, I yeah. hope you get a chance to watch it, Eric, mm-hmm. over the next week so mm-hmm. we can talk about it. I'd be curious to see what the uh, third verdict of this yeah. film is for yeah, i Almost Marcus. did it today. I couldn't Okay,
0: man. Uh well, dude just like last year, like when it comes to like overall entertainment, it it's it's different for me. Remember last year I had to say by far the most entertaining piece of content of 2021 was Midnight Mass. Well, not exactly a movie, but a mini-series. Uh <laughs> this year it's neither, but it was the depth trial. Most entertainment and most entertaining thing <laughs> to watch in many, many years. Um I
2: love watching society decay. <laughs>
1: all that reminds me of is the is cable guy. It just That's what I think of when you say that. The sweet brother. sweet yes. Brother, sweet <laughs> brother. That's, that's all brother, I think of. Sweet
2: brother.
0: <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And uh, no, I couldn't chase that dragon. I could never could catch up to the, the trial. It was just so much fun. But uh, I do like to break my list up. And I do have maybe 10, 12 films into like a love Really liked and liked, so I do. Re- I did like all of these. Um, uh, Elvis, I thought it was a fantastic movie that surprised me. Um, Northman, uh, very, very enjoyable. Um, not in a rush to get her back around to it, but great experience, uh, overall. Um, right. so those are my likes. Uh, no, I got a couple more just like likes, turning red, uh. Was great I've seen it a couple of times now it's a lot of fun uh, smile I mean smiles getting shit on for being like lesser than like barbarian which is getting uh, uh compared to but I, I had a lot of fun with smile like I said it's like a 90s 90s yeah. horror um for really liked, it's skin of a rink man I can't wait wait till more people see this on shutter it's just like <laughs> it's such a weird weird experience and it, it's not even like a movie it's just a weird feeling you have for like an hour and a half it's something. Uh check it out. Uh Pinocchio. Get him a dinky dinky dink. Pinocchio. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio has to be uh in my in my wow. uh, Both really of liked. Uh, yeah. It's just we have awesome. a lot of overlap here. Awesome, man. It was awesome. Now we're getting into my I want to give you my top five now. Okay. Uh okay. the first four are really liked. Didn't love, really liked, man. Top um the black phone. Black Phone was cool, man. It was a great film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, love the Black Phone. Can't wait for Derrickson. He's strapping on his horror boots again. He's he's coming right back. Yeah. He's great.
2: Underrated. I, I
0: did get around to seeing Blonde, Andrew Dominic's Blonde. I thought I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I thought it was, it was. Thought it was it really did, cool.
2: It didn't make it in my top 20, um, but I, I did think it's a really good yeah, movie. something. Top Gun Maverick
0: is right there for me on uh, number three, just I mean, especially the theater. I mean, it was just, it just made me remember how fun it was to be at the movies. And I don't like going to the movies at all. But, like, I was in the theater having fun, like, about ready to give a dude behind me, like, a fucking high five. Like, that's not me. <laughs> I, 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 I would have done it. If he would have extended his hand. Um, okay. Here's my top two, man. Um. Number two, I watched, and I pulled the trigger on this $20 rental. I couldn't wait anymore. The Fableman's. Spielberg's uh, latest film is fucking oh.
2: fantastic.
0: It's so good. Yeah, I watched
2: it this week too.
0: Did you?
1: Oh, did let's you? hear about it. Did oh. you?
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, did. yeah, it was my number 2 of the year. I thought it was fucking a uh, gorgeous movie. I loved it. Uh, well, I didn't love it. I really liked it. But I did love. <laughs> you <laughs> love one but movie, you did love. You loved one
2: movie the whole the year. The Batman.
0: <laughs> the Batman is the the one movie this year He's that I that I love. I can't He's believe both of you guys. Batman.
2: I mean, yeah, it's for just, both of us. Dude, it's the only movie. I watched that movie three times this yeah. year, maybe four times this year, and I've not done that with any other mm-hmm. movie this year. Wow.
1: Okay. Well, that's. <sighs> Look. She's going up about this, mike.
2: <laughs> you really like the movie? Look, I like movies. I, I promise Damn, I like You guys.
1: I love uh, that movie. Well I feel I feel incomplete here because I haven't seen Wakanda Forever, so I'm gonna give it incomplete on that because I still haven't seen it. I really want to see it. I tried to get to the theater this week to see that and Avatar Two because now that I've seen Avatar, I really want to see that. So those are two incompletes I really want to see. Those are more, yeah, they're more tent poles. I admit that really, but still, uh, they're they're high on my list. So those are incompletes. Yeah. No. But, but i'm not In putting the, the banshees are not they're nowhere near the banshees is not near my list for 2022 at all it's just not, not you made that clear what, yeah. what is on your list well uh I, you've had weeks i like hustle yeah hustle makes the grade hustle all is right. a good hustle is a good film I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not the best sports movie ever, but in terms of enjoyable films for 2022 that are done by the book, uh, not really reinventing too much, but it's just a rock-solid film. hustle solid, I'll give you that. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, again, I couldn't put it in order here, so that's why I'm just kind of sharing a few films. I I did watch Amsterdam, like I said. Oh, so okay. did I. Okay, you did too. Wow. All right. Yep. And that that's... Uh, I really liked it. I really, (gasps) really liked Amsterdam a lot. Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. I didn't... I mean, David O. Russell... We're going to do a David O. Russell film here in a little bit with Silver Linings Playbook. That's probably probably why I chose it, too. You know, he's back. He took a break. He he made too many movies there. He made Silver Linings Playbook. He made American Hustle and Joy in three years. And that was not what he does. He would do a movie every five to seven years. So he took a break. Now he's back with Amsterdam. Amsterdam. I... I want to bring this up now. Might as well bring it up now. Denzel Washington is a Hall of Fame, legendary actor, of course. and it's really, it's really, really hard to be his son and step into the same world. I, I don't have any problem with John David Washington, but I just there's just no way he's even close to his father, and that's just look, a hard, hard thing look, to huh? do because I don't want to do that, but.
2: You can't you can't compare him to his father. Well, you know what you can do is compare him with the other people on screen. And if the goal of yes. a movie star is to stare unblinkingly and speak in one tone of voice Shh. all the oh, time, shit. then you've got yourself a hell of a movie star in John David Washington. I'm sorry, I uh, watching Amsterdam. I'm like, this guy is not great. I mean, I don't hate him, but like, he just always talks at the same volume and the same tone and the same thing all the time, no matter and what. And you love Black Klansman.
1: Doing. Black Klansman is a great movie. I love
2: Black Klansman. And but I but like you know now that I've seen a few roles of, of him in I'm like man like he is not a great actor. I'm sorry. I loved him. In, you said uh, it. Malcolm you said it
1: Marie. much better. Fantastic. Much better than I did. I said that? I loved Malcolm him in Malcolm and
0: Marie, that movie he made with uh, Zendaya, yeah.
2: whatever. I, I need Fantastic to. I need to see, see that. That's supposed to be really. Yeah, that's supposed to be really good. I need to see that one because everything I've seen him in so far has been like I'm sorry, I just. Mm.
1: Well, he could be in good movies, but it doesn't mean that he's a right game changing actor or even an a, a above average actor He's just kind of there travis you said it a lot better than i could i enjoyed amsterdam but to me he was just like there mm.
2: staring so. always staring
1: <laughs> you said it so well you really nailed it yes you 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 made it very clear it was just you know it's a fascinating story in amsterdam it's something i didn't know a lot about of i know there's some creative license taken too cuz it's supposed to be based on a true story but i know it gets a little it's kind of loose, I'll say that. However, Amsterdam puts you in a time and place, and it creates this this feeling that I was really impressed by. It's not David O. Russell's best by any means, but it's a it's a nice uh, return for Mister David O. Russell to come back to the screen, and Christian Bale, oddly enough, maybe as good as he's ever been. And I know that's a hard thing yeah, to I'm say. Right. I just thought Bale. I know I know we've seen him do Dickie and the Fighter, which he won the Academy Award for. We've seen him lose all this weight. We've seen him gain weight and play Dick Cheney and Vice. He's done it all, but he's still as good as he's ever been in this movie. I, I really thought that his, his inhabitants of the role in Amsterdam for Christian Bale is what acting's all about he's still a really good actor but he's not dominating the screen he's he's there and you're curious and fascinated by him but he still plays with others really really well
0: i can't hit play i can't hit play i scrolled past it maybe 50 <laughs> times this week i just can't do it just looks like a bunch of movie stars you got fucking american around hustle-itis. Wasting money.
1: i don't know no you got american hustleitis. you got to get over it yeah. man you got to get over it uh, you're not missing that much hmm. Okay, yeah. That,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I that, like... Well, I'll save it for my quarantine viewing pace. What, what else did you watch?
1: Is there anything you loved? Uh, uh, another incomplete is Clerks 3. I really want to see Clerks 3. I haven't been able to find it yet. I don't know where it is in you Canada. You can rent it.
2: It's on VOD, or at least in America, it's on VOD. What, movies, okay. what about
1: movies you did watch? Shit. Uh, yeah, other than that, that's... <laughs> That's pretty much it. I, there just wasn't a lot that blew my hair back. You guys love scary movies, horror films, and it was a great year. I trust your guys' opinions incredibly when it comes to horror and thrillers and that stuff. So it's very clear that this was a banner year for that, and that's just not my territory. So I, I tried to look around my list, and it just there
2: wasn't really no, anything else. Docks? I thought not that not any good documentaries. Not even the Batman.
1: Batman doesn't make your list. It's fine. The Batman's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine.
2: It's fine. It's uh, <laughs> a fine film. And
1: <laughs> it's a it's a solid film. I look the um, Thor Love and Thunder that wasn't very good, and yeah, no. all the Marvel movies this year there wasn't really a Marvel movie. Where I'm like, wow, that was awesome. You know, Doctor oh, you Strange Wakanda, was trash. You, and,
2: and, you haven't seen Wakanda Forever yet, and, and right, Spider Man No Way Home was oh, that oh was
1: I right. saw that one. That was last year. Was that? Yeah, uh, that Wakanda, was December last year. Yeah, Wakanda Forever, though, is uh, pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, that's why I said it's an incomplete. But other than that, um, it just wasn't anything that blew me away. I, I didn't see Morbius this year. I heard that was amazing. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, you got me. That's good. Well done. So this year in film for me, maybe I just don't know what I'm doing anymore. Maybe I've lost my way. Maybe I'm no longer the person I thought I was. <laughs> well, you do <laughs> no. actually have to watch movies <laughs> to form an opinion on them. <laughs> when i when i look around the movies like the best list too when i get a fresh perspective i mean um, there's just i i didn't see a lot of them either you're right i didn't see triple r i heard that was pretty good too and i didn't oh, yeah i, I really wanted to see uh you know everything everywhere all at once that's another one i need to see so it's there's a lot of incompletes for me here and uh, but that also tells me that my the desire to get out to the theater first off is very very minimal. And then whatever they throw at me on the streaming services is what I'm kind of sticking to. So I I don't know what that says about me. I didn't see. Nope. You know, I, I mean, licorice pizza was technically late last year, right?
2: Yeah, that was 2021. Nope is streaming. You can watch that. I mean, out of all these movies that I mentioned only two of them, no, I'm sorry. Three of them were ones I. no. Okay. Four of them. Okay. Five of them were ones that I saw <laughs> in theaters, but mm. still the other 15 I did not.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, the whale. Yeah, I, seen, I gotta get to the theater. Yeah. I, I can't find it yeah. anywhere.
2: Yeah, the the, the oh. whale. I gotta see Tar. I want to see. There's a lot of stuff I want to see
1: still. Yeah, but, I, I would just say there's something about me. I need to review my life because I'm mm-hmm. not. Uh, yeah, I'm not like. Where am I? Why am I getting myself into? <laughs> I didn't. You know, Emancipation. I've heard Emancipation is actually pretty incredible, and you said you never watch it again, but it was. It's where it no, didn't yeah, make like, my top think- twenty.
2: It didn't. No, it didn't make my top twenty. I I think it's an important movie. Everyone should watch. That's I, that is what I said. I said everyone should watch it. I'm never going to watch it again, and that's going to be my my pat review for that one. I probably won't see it twice, but I do think it's a really <laughs> important movie that people should watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else on the movies of 2022, gentlemen? Uh, by the way, uh, I didn't see Till. I don't know if it was good or not. I heard I it was to. okay. I want, I do see want really to see that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's about time one. they
2: made a movie about about them that family. They overdue.
1: Um,
2: yeah. yeah. So that's that's high on my list of things to see. Um, there's, there's a lot I still need to see. But uh, didn't you really like the woman king? I did. Didn't make it into my top crap. 20, though. I am going to I am. While we're on the woman king, though, I have to address something that I didn't address last week because I, I told you guys last week when I was watching the woman king that I had like five or 10 minutes to finish and I finished it. And as I watched the last, you know, the ending credits, I'm like, man, this this music is Really fucking good. Like what who is this? This is great. Is this like the same people that did Black Panther? Like this is really, really good. So I Shazam it, Terrence fucking Blanchard. No, there's no way. It's ah! a way a good Blanchard yeah, no- score. Now, regular, regular listeners to our podcast know that there's probably no individual in Hollywood that we've bashed more than composer <laughs> Terrence Blanchard because he does ter- terrible, overwrought work. But for the first time, I'm like, man, maybe yeah, Spike yeah. Lee's the problem. Maybe Spike Lee's always going, go bigger, Terrence. Go bigger. Wow. The audience can't feel it. Go bigger. Because this was completely unlike anything I'd heard Blanchard do. It was very rooted in African like music, and it was beautiful. I'm like holy shit I got to give credit where credit due do- is due the the score for Woman King is really really good and it's by Terrence Blanchard go figure Oh Babylon ah. no one saw Babylon And it's not out, out really yeah. yeah Babylon's it's- on my list you, I uh, I sent I sent you guys the uh article <laughs> yeah. from Janis <laughs> <Yeah>. Stevens uh, <laughs> that she described it as a what a defecating elephant of a movie which really makes me want to see it honestly 3 hours <laughs> of an elephant kidding sounds promising yeah uh, <laughs> I,
1: that's something different i'll say that hmm. all right well hey 2022 that's still incomplete you know maybe hopefully i could tie up a few loose ends for next week i really would like to tie up some of those loose ends but for now let's move into uh what we'd like to recommend for what else we watched the rest of this recent week because it's a holiday season i'm sure there's a lot of film watching going on
2: i i did watch a lot of holiday movies um and every other holiday. movie I watched, and every other movie i watched was from this year trying to get caught up now the, I'm not going to mention all the holiday movies I saw, although I will mention that I watched You Got Mail because I've had it in my head for a long time that this is a Christmas movie. And I watched the movie, and it takes place from uh, Thanksgiving to Spring It takes place over like six months. It is not a Christmas movie. It just is a life movie that happens to have a Christmas scene in it. So I'm like, well, fuck me. Is that, I mean, is is the same true for Sleepless in Seattle? The same thing is true for Sleepless Hmm. in Seattle. The movie takes place from Christmas Day to Valentine's Day. And just, it's kind of bookended by these holidays, but really only a, a portion of the movie is about it, which brings me real quickly to, um, Silver Linings Playbook, also definitely not a Christmas movie. It takes place from before Halloween to Christmas Day. It takes place (laughs) over several months. It's just because it's like in America or the world, you know, Christendom. It happens to (laughs) feature Christmas. Right. Christendom, as they once used to say. Um, But as far as the stuff that I watched from this year, I watched Amsterdam and was, you know, I thought it was okay. Um, Yeah. A little little overly long, a little, little hammy. Um, yeah. It was, it was uh, an immersive um, period piece. I'll give it that. Which did else?
1: no one see the menu, by the way? Just curious. No, I was just no, I, I wanted to menu. see that too. Yeah. yeah it
2: doesn't look like top 20 material <laughs> to me, but it's I on the know. list. Who I'll, no, so I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I, I did watch The Fablemans. This is the one that I, I had to pull the trigger and spend not 20 but $25 on. Because if I'm mm. going to spend $20 for a movie, I'm going to fucking own it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to rush to watch it again. I, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I didn't put it in my top 20 for a reason. I mean, I thought it it was good. I thought it was meandering, uh, very much coming of age. um, Like, he's a series of vignettes, almost like a Christmas story. It's like, here's this happening. Now here's this happening. Now here's this happening. Now here's this happening. Um, I also think that the name The Fablemans is the worst name for a fictional family I've ever heard in my life and it's the one of the worst names for a movie the fable men's cuz it's not the spielbergs it's a fable get it
1: wow this that's why i, just, they, I hate that's it that's why so they much. use that why did i of course Fablemans. they did i
2: mean it's the, the fable men's i mean it's better call story men i guess but it's, well, i think it's. i just fucking hate it that's terrible um, no it really is terrible it's yeah,
1: it's not spielberg bad.
2: But um, so I, I do think there's a lot of good moments in the movie. I, I like the movie. I think it's one of the better Spielberg movies I've seen in a couple of years because I think he's been on a little bit of a. Uh, um, but still not nothing like nothing I'm in love with. Yeah. Um, I checked out Black Adam. You know, I got to <laughs> give it a shot. Uh-huh. Couldn't possibly be as bad as the critics said it was. And it wasn't. Um, oh. Was it incredibly predictable and formulaic and everything Did- you kind of expect? Yeah yeah, yeah, it was. Um I'm not bummed that there's they're already saying they're not going to make a sequel to it because it didn't really demand one, but I didn't hate it. Oh,
1: um, what a ringing endorsement <laughs> I, didn't I didn't hate, hate it. Hate it.
2: I checked out I Love My Dad. Have you guys heard of this movie? The, 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 no. The Patton, Patton Oswalt stars in a true story written and directed and starring the guy that it actually happened to. This guy, his father and him were estranged, so his father catfished him on Facebook and pretended to be a woman that he fell in love with for, like, months. Mm. <laughs> and that's the movie. So you, you kind of watch that premise unfold, and it's... As you would expect, it's unsettling and disturbing and funny and, actually, and also kind of sweet in a okay. few places, too, because it's like the the, the links this guy will go to to try and reconnect with his son because he, he's such a fuck up of a father. And if you like stuff that Patton has done, like young adult, which we yeah, did on I'd this show at one adult. point uh, and big fan, mm-hmm. then this fits in neatly with that kind of satirical kind of black comedy stuff okay. that he does. Um, I, I liked, I love my dad. It was again, like it's very premise based. So once it starts to unfold, you're like, okay, I see where this is going, but it was enjoyable. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I watched causeway with, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, AKA paint drying. The fuck is causeway. Uh, That's the newest film. It's the newest A 24 film starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry, which uh, incredibly strong performance from Jennifer Lawrence so slow just Uh, incredibly incredibly Uh. dull i mean in some ways i really liked it and respected it because like the performances were good and it was an interesting story because it's like it's very much a a story about a a woman and a man becoming friends just friends and you don't really see that a lot it deals with a lot of like um mental or not uh, like physical disability issues. She's she's coming back from uh, from Afghanistan and she's all fucked up. She had a head injury and stuff. Mm. So there is there is some there is some stuff that's worth checking out here. But man, it was just incredibly slow. Oh, um, I'd say the best movie I watched this week was Top Gun Maverick. I mean, it was it was fun. It was um, surprisingly you know, emotional, uh, surprisingly emotional and mm-hmm. uh, damn good
0: movie are are you one of these kids that grew up with top gun in the 80s and were like all all it?
2: no i was never a fan of the original i mean i've never i've never i mean i've seen it many times but i've never cared for it Mm -hmm. i mean the same way i've seen dirty dancing and some other classics from the era it's like okay i'll walk through the room while this is on (laughs) Um,
0: i love dirty dancing but but yeah i only saw top gun like the original like five years ago and i was like okay it's kind of fun but i i I loved maverick i think it's so much fun so much energy Um,
2: and and it's really good in terms of like being a, you know, was it 35 year old later sequel mm-hmm. or whatever, however long it was um, in that it's not it doesn't force awakens the thing by just like repackaging what you've already seen before. But it does touch on so, a lot of familiar notes that make sense in the context of the new story that they're telling, uh, in particular, Goose's death being such a huge um thing from the you know from the first movie to carry over into the second movie i thought that was really really cool to make that such a a huge part of the story
1: Hmm. wow how about that (laughs) what about (laughs) you eric
0: watch any movies (laughs) yeah i went into some weird directions this year uh this this week just some odd some odd detours on tubi um yeah, I went to some weird places beginning with uh, 1998's <laughs> remake of Rear Window starring Christopher Reeve.
1: Oh yeah, I Christopher
0: Reeve's face. I'm like, I'm hitting play. I love Christopher Reeve. Let's see how this uh, let's see how this turned out, because like I'm a huge rear window fan, like as evidenced here by this beautiful framed poster. Oh, wow. So I'm like, how the fuck do you remake a classic like this? And luckily, like, they don't just like film the same script and update it to like the nineties. Like it's like different characters in like kind of a similar, in a similar situation. It's not just, he's not just playing LB Jeffries and like uh, in the same scenario. Um, huh. It kind of starts out pretty damn good. And I was impressed by like what Chris free was able to do considering his um, limitations he actually does really powerful work like you want to talk about somebody like we talk a lot of the times about how act some actors can just do something without having to like move at all this guy literally can't move (laughs) he's doing good work with just his eyes and emotion and was fantastic the problem is like the movie goes (laughs) goes off the rails in the third act like it's not even clear that there was a murder no one like no one's implicated. It's not solved. Nothing even happens. It just kind of like peters out. I was I was oh. left baffled. Uh, it's very bizarre. At the end, Robert Forster is a detective, and he comes in. He's like, "Well, I checked into it. Nope, <laughs> that didn't happen." And uh, like we still don't have a body. And Chrisley is like, "Oh shit!"
1: Uh, and.
0: <ends>. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Nothing black. happens. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a fun exercise. Um, oh, God. I'll tell you what wasn't fun. I hit play on uh, Silent Fall because I saw this cast from 94. I'm like Dick Dreyfus, John Lithgow, Linda Hamilton, Liv Tyler. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like early 90s. And like, like, remember the 90s? like, They attempt to like address like a, a ail like a mental or physical ailment and they're just not equipped to deal with the reality of like of of that sort of thing. This is like a classic uh textbook case of this like they take on autism like in a kid who like supposedly saw the murder so how is Richard Dreyfus gonna like uh, how is he going to get the information out of the kid with autism? He's got to connect with him and like he's got to like yeah. do the dumb like cheesy obvious tricks with him. It's cringeworthy. I had to turn away from the screen many times out of embarrassment. JT Walsh Kneebaum himself checking in like it, it, the script is so stupid. It's,
2: it's such a bad movie.
1: More uh, cringeworthy than uh Stride?
2: No, <laughs> nothing is more no. cringeworthy than criminal. Nothing criminal. is no. I actually saw Sonnet Fall in theater. I'm pretty sure. Did you? Yeah. What? yeah un- unfortunately, it's embarrassing.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Not a good movie. It's, it's forgettable. Terrible, man. And then I uh, watched uh, Watch Watcher. Like I saw Michael Monroe. I am like, hit play. Immediately, yeah, obviously. I watched her do laundry. Um There movie it is. The movie's solid. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's kind of like, uh OK, it's over. I'm like, yeah, just saw Michael Monroe sitting around doing nothing. But which I have you, no you problem don't, with me? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind that either. I mean, it wasn't yeah, a great movie, yeah. but nothing happens. But like her, will, and um, that's that. Uh, watcher from yeah, the
1: nineteen ninety nineteen eighty eight movie, no, the Watchers no, no, with no, no. Corey Haim. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I, I did watch
2: that this year,
0: but no, uh, no not that also movie. not the <gasps> Watcher with Keanu Reeves and James Spader. The uh, well, Watcher in the really
2: Woods. Not that either. It's one of the many other movies with
0: Watcher in yeah, the time. I don't know if there's any like really terrific Watcher films. They're just ones okay. The rest not. Watchers. The Hame Watchers. I I, I saw the that's on YouTube, one and two. It's like out of print. You can't find it anywhere, but it's on you. I gotta I gotta watch that. Yeah, watch men. It. It's good. It's been a while. So I've I've been bashing the Grinch, like Ron Howard. I've been like, this is Ron Howard's worst movie. This is such a fucking mess. Like this trash movie. It. It's like clearly just a set with everybody doing whatever the fuck they want to. There's no direction. It's total chaos. Horse shit for many, yeah. many years. I fucking watched it a few days ago. I was chuckling a few times. That's probably the same day I watched it. I watched it a few days ago yeah. too. And I'm like, God damn it, this movie's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. film next, Travis. And I'm like, fuck, I love Jim Carrey so much, man. I, I just wanted to see him having fun goofing around. Yeah. And he had me laughing. Like, And then when you look into <laughs> you do research on the making of this movie, it's fucking bonkers. Yeah. But like, yeah, he had me chuckling a few times. Like, it's still a very sloppy, uh, haphazard effort. But it, it had me laughing, dude. I, I'll forgive it, it's but I just lo- I, where- I love the feel uh, dumb name. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting. I, I just thought it was an engaging movie about family. And, and I thought it was inspiring. Uh, and it had just like characters that seemed real to me. And like the little moments here and there, a lot of it seemed like, like, look, Stephen, we know like this is important to you, but like, we don't really care. There was some of that going on like audience mm-hmm. don't care about this great you're a legend but like we don't care like this put like, it in your yeah. journal. you're, you're like working it.
2: yeah you're you're working out yeah. some family yeah. stuff working yeah. out
0: some stuff but this isn't a movie like people are not going to see right. the audience like caring about to put it in your journal but I, <laughs> I, I i liked it i liked the way it was put together Yanis kaminsky he's coming in hard with this fucking ufo lightning lighting yeah. there was one scene like that had it was like in a library where a couple of kids are talking in a library they had no business putting the fucking UFO lights in all of the windows. It looked like a goddamn spaceship was about ready to attack everybody in the library. I kind of wish
2: Jan- Janusz Kaminski would retire. retire? Okay, retire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> retire. Yeah. Or 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 that Steven Spielberg would start working with a different c- cinematographer just, again. I, I am so sick of it. I am too, man. Like I felt the same exact way. Like it's just it's it's giving like all of his work the same feel, the same vibe, mm. and it's very mm. much like a early two thousands fucking kind of like, um, yeah. The the lens flare
0: in and the flares and all that stuff. Like
2: I will say this about the Fableman. though: I, I I am ready for Michelle Williams to get her fifth Oscar nomination and perhaps finally a win. I would not mind seeing that at all.
0: Yeah. I, I remember me bashing silent fall. I think this is a very, uh, a powerful depiction of mental instability. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly was going on there, but uh, something off kilter that was told, honestly. I love the movie, man, and I suggest anyone watch it. I don't know, 20 bucks, but uh, it's fantastic. I I turned the movie off, inspired, feeling good, very interested to know... um, to know more about uh, things. Yeah, man, that's about it for me, dude. Stay away from fucking rear window, dude. Who the fuck wrote that? They did just, all right, let's just end it. (laughs) I think most
1: people will stay away. You're all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
2: No one's going to watch that made-for-TV movie on Tubi from 35 years ago, but you. Like, (laughs) awesome score. Like, I went to, like, try to find the
0: score. Like, it was fucking incredible. Wow. Well, Like, sleepwalking
1: through her role. Like, why is she in this? she was always in things. That's hmm. what she did. She was there. She Daryl can... Hannah. I was there. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Look, I, Fablemans. I I gotta see it. I guess. I, gotta, I, I really do want to see it. I. I do. You know what you mean, though. I saw the trailer, and the way it looks, it's, it's got that very refined. Oh. It's like a. Ref, oh, this guy's a pros pro director, and the v, the vision and the the feel and the look of it, it's all too refined at times. And it's Michael, very, if I may,
0: that's the problem. You've nailed it for the type of like small, like familial story he's trying to tell Yeah, this huge direction and production value is the wrong call. Mm. Like it would have played better if it was just a small, like TV movie about this family. Instead, you got like this clearly like $150 million budget on display. It's just felt
1: strange. Ah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm not surprised to hear that. Well, I watched, like I said, Amsterdam. I would definitely recommend it. I liked it. It was. It's not his best work ever, but it's a solid film. Amsterdam, now available on HBO Max.
2: Didn't you watch that last week?
1: Well, I watched it for this week. The oh, day okay. after the... I actually watched it right after we did the show last Friday night. So technically, oh, yeah, okay. it was a while ago, but it was after the last episode. Okay. I know you're a stickler, so
2: I am. Make, but I also yeah. th- I have i I also have a terrible memory for my own life, and thought that I, we <laughs> discuss this on the show.
1: Yeah, I, well, we did the show last Friday night, and I watched it right after. And uh, yeah. Leanne was terrified right off the bat because there was something gross that happened. But we got through that. Nothing else gross really happened after that. So. All right. Ah. Uh, Boy, I had never seen this movie ever, and I finally watched it. I've been avoiding it for a long time. Seems really boring, and I like sports. <laughs> but this to me, this isn't really sports. It's a bizarre passion that people have for horse racing. But I watched Seabiscuit. Yeah, you know, call- Gary Ross. You yeah, know, Gary Ross is always very reliable. Pleasantville, Seabiscuit. He'll get the job done. He's in a way, he's kind of like a <laughs> Spielberg and his old pal there. They, they, you know, it'll look good and it'll be just good enough that you'll say, that's a pretty solid film. So, yeah. Old right. people leave the theater happy.
2: Yeah. I mean, you I know. don't feel overwhelmed.
1: <laughs> well, you got Chris Cooper and Jeff Bridges. I mean, that's pretty heavy hitter territory. Those guys kill it. I didn't know that Chris Cooper was even in the movie, nor did I know Jeff Bridges was in the film, because all I remember was Tobey Maguire and a horse. So that was cool. Good film. Better than I thought it would be. Uh, the Banshees of, in uh, a Sharon man, like I already I covered that, so yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. I'll try. Maybe I'll watch it again. Uh, guys, we talked about this on the show. I swear, when it, when Ezra Miller came up, you know, Ezra Miller. By the way, uh, it's over, right? That James Gunn is 86. The entire Snyderverse, right? We're moving on from that world now. So, yeah, I mean,
2: the Flash movie is probably still going to come out, but... Uh, oh, it is? Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. But, I mean, at this point, yeah, DC is in a very strange state of affairs, but necessary,
1: I think. Mm. Which one of you assholes said that maybe this was a good performance or a good movie, but I'm really pissed about it that I had to watch this. We need to talk about Kevin. I mean, what no, the dude. fuck, man? Why would... I watch some bizarro <laughs> shit, man. I'll go to some far links and watch some fucked up shit. But mm-hmm. this thing was this thing was so intensely brutal. I mean, just oh, a, yeah. why would anyone ever repeat view? Yeah. We need to talk about Kevin ever is beyond me. I don't know how that would happen.
2: <sighs> you know, it's a widely regarded film. I believe that we were both assholes that told you it was a good movie. Um, I, I wouldn't watch it over and over again, <laughs> but uh, but I do think it's worth seeing it was about as awkward. I mean, like I'd hold it up there with uh, killing of a sacred deer. Like if, you know, it's kind of mm. like mm-hmm. very specific kind of movie. I uh, couldn't get through the, uh, the house that Jack built, but it'd probably be in the same ballpark.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say that rudderless was done better. If you want to look at that type of rudder, rudderless is
2: a masterpiece. I love rudderless.
1: Yeah. Vastly superior to this. In my opinion, if you're looking through that scope of uh family tragedy, boy, uh, you know, he watched this 11 years later and Ezra Miller, what we know about him now, it really doesn't seem like <laughs> acting at all. It really doesn't. It, it just doesn't. You can't watch that movie now and be like, oh, that guy's really acting. No. Nope. Or he's just acting all the time in his life and on screen. So, Okay. Pam and Tommy. I want to give mm-hmm. a lot of credit to Sebastian Stan. He mastered Tommy Lee, who is like the master douchebag. Sebastian Stan mm-hmm. is Tommy Lee and he... Killed it. He should get all the awards for playing Tommy Lee to a T. Not just the look, but the feel and the way his dictation, his cadence, the way he speaks in that really bro douchebaggy way that Tommy Lee does things. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, The show's kind of bleh. You know, I mean, it's interesting to find out how that kind of went down after the fact. But the show kind of falls off after the first episode or two. But I've never seen a better depiction of a rock star being shown as a raging asshole because that's what these people are. These people who get everything and have yes people around them. They are the kings of the assholes. They're the world-class assholes of all assholes because no one ever says no to them and they just get what they want whenever they want. And if someone says no to them, just like in the show, well, fuck you. You're fired. I'll find somebody else, dude. It's just, it, it would surprise me that how, how clearly, they did that with tommy lee and apparently tommy lee gave his blessing to the show too which yeah. i guess maybe that gives him a little bit of credit for doing that because he looks like a real dick in that show but sebastian <laughs> Stant killed it he really did and then uh this welcome the chippendales is a great show yeah people chippendales you're like what uh chris farley patrick swayze snl skit that was classic but there's cool mail Yeah. Nailed it. I mean, he is outstanding. He has shown his acting chops to me. Hardcore, dramatic, serious, hardcore shit going on in this show. that you. I had no idea about any of this, and now I became immersed in it because the show's not finished. I think there's six episodes out now, a couple more to go before this is over. But I also listened to a whole podcast about this. There is so much real-life shit going on that connects with uh, Dorothy Stratton's murder and stuff, too. It's wild. It's Mm. like, what? Wow, Mm. this is a crazy background here strongly strongly recommend welcome to chippendales that's a new show that i think is fascinating and not even for true crime freaks just really well done period piece of late 70s into the 80s with uh what's his face the guy who was in the first season of white lotus who i really like uh uh, murray bartlett he's really good in this show awesome awesome performance as well him and Kumil going head to head really liked it i'm strong recommend on that and uh, yeah, that'll pretty much it. I'll leave it there. Uh, I did also watch Bad Mom's Xmas, which I think is a horrible <laughs> film. So you know what I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, well, maybe people would be shocked. I don't know, but yeah. All right, there it is. So we're moving in now to the main focus of the show. We are thrilled that you've joined us for this week's episode. Silver Linings Playbook. And in the spirit of Silver Lining's Playbook, we have an email from Christian which plays into this. Christian oh, emailed great. us oh, at sure. Cinema9 Pod. Yeah, he emailed us. SidmanNightPod at gmail.com. Christian says, can't wait to hear if I should revisit Silver Linings. I recall hating it when I finally got past all the hubbub and praise around the film and gave it a go. All I can remember is a bunch of unlikable maniac characters with whining and anger problems. Everyone had their silver lining (laughs) panties in a bunch for some reason. Sports, was it? (laughs) Pills? Whatever. American problems. Anyway, been a minute. Love you guys. Talk soon. Christian. (laughs) Thanks, Christian. All right. Couldn't Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, so this is a David O. Russell film, and it came out in 2012, late 2012. Travis Roy, do you remember the first time you saw this movie starring Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, Robert De Niro... Jackie, no, not that Jackie,
2: uh, <laughs> different Jackie, <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> Jackie Weaver. Um, you know, okay. I actually do remember seeing this in theaters, but there's no story. I just remember like me and my girlfriend at the time went to the theater, watched this movie, liked the movie. I remember it being in, uh, I mean, Shazam existed because I remember like uh, Shazam in the last song and being in like Alabama shakes. <laughs> is it? Hmm. I yes. Like um, and uh, that's about all I remember about it. But yes, I saw it in theaters, what which I am glad you? I did. I, I actually, real real quick. I mean, because Christian clearly saw it after all of the hoopla had kind of built up around it. I don't think that I had that going in. I think I just kind of saw it because uh, it was like you know the new David O. Russell movie with these mm-hmm. actors in it. So I don't think I had all Are those you- uh, that baggage when I went. What's- to
1: West Virginia at the time, still, or were you? Living I was in, in. Yep,
2: I was in West Virginia at the time. I would have seen this in Huntington, West Virginia, I believe, That's hmm. where I saw it. Perhaps West Kentucky, one or the other. Yep.
0: Um, yeah, this is appointment. <laughs> this is appointment viewing. This is 2012 with David O. Russell coming off the fighter, which is one of my favorite films of the of the 21st century. So I was there wow. opening night and um, walked out of the theater having loved the film, wanting to see it immediately over again i do remember very very specifically um groaning at that third act we'll get into the uh, the way this film kind of wraps <laughs> itself up but i do remember being like a little bit upset with david o russell uh, for his choices or matthew quick whoever wrote this book i'd be interested to see the parallels between this the, the script and the, and the and the book but yeah overall man i love the movie um seen it many many times since Michael and of course I know this is one of your favorite movies so I'm interested to see when you first
1: saw this <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know I, yeah I got a lot of labels put on me when this movie came out because you know there was a sports element about football people think I like football and it's true I, I've enjoyed football over the years I remember seeing this poster though in a movie theater before I saw it and I was like what the hell is this Bradley Cooper hmm. Jennifer Lawrence who I've Jeffrey Lawrence was a fresh face to me. Then I hadn't seen uh winter's bone yet, which came out in 2010,
2: mm-hmm. no, uh, talk which was a about memorable, film. a memorable first viewing. Eric, you remember ever seen that together. I'm trying to remember what you made
0: us that night. Uh, <laughs> white chicken chili. <laughs> but it was at your, yeah, it was at your apartment. I made white, no, the, chicken, white chili. chicken chili. That yeah. was fantastic.
2: Eric used to have a huge projector and we would once a week watch a different movie together. The three of us. That was mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Winner's uh, Bore. The first time I saw it.
0: Oh, winner's Bore. It.
1: Part two.
2: <laughs>
1: insufferable time, Bastards charm. podcast is checking in. Okay. Hello, ins- welcome, Insufferable Bastards. That's quite a title. Hey, folks, I'm going to say no. It doesn't hold up only because I remember being psyched to see it. Then I saw it, but today I remember nothing about it.
2: Hmm. Well, that's why. Mm. We, that's why we review them
1: so we could yeah
2: see how you know yeah if we think mm. it still holds up. I guess I haven't oh, seen sh- it many times since. I've watched it maybe once or twice since, but I, over the last ten years, not many times. I really wish matter, I was Mike? paying. It,
1: I just wish I was paying attention to his comments because he he was really paying attention to the show here. He said, "Hey, is that the kid with the arrow movie?" Yeah, that's uh we need to talk about Kevin. uh Perfect for Christmas. Mm-hmm, yep. I'm not sure what that was in reference to. And then, oh, is family tragedy a subgenre? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, tragedy.
2: yeah, subgenre of drama, I guess. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, probably. Funny. But yeah, I didn't know who Jennifer Lawrence was yet. Of course, I would <laughs> fall in love with her uh, on the screen. I thought she was, I mean, this was quite a performance back in the day when I saw it. And I saw it at the little Birmingham Theater there in Birmingham, Michigan, just off of Woodward. It's a real tiny theater. It was the smallest theater I've ever been in in terms of size of a screening because the, they have these smaller ones in that theater. I think it's, I think it's the Maple. I think that's what it's called. The Birmingham 8. Either way, there's only like 12 or 15 seats in this tiny little thing. It was. A, it's super intimate. It's. It's like a. It's not a full size movie theater, but it's bigger than like a TV. Obviously, it's a projected image on this. On a lot. It was weird. It was just. It was very intimate. It was. I've yeah. never watched a movie there since.
2: I haven't been there, but I've been to theaters similarly, where it's like this is like a, like a viewing station, more than a theater. <laughs> yeah, it really is. This is a commercial for this theater, The Birmingham eight
1: bigger than a TV, eight feet by eight feet. it was i've never had experience like it. in fact i might go see a movie there again soon just to see if it's still that way it's got to be that way still because it's kind of a kitschy uh, smaller it's a posh area too so i don't know maybe they're allowed to do that because that's what they can do i don't know Mm. either way i finally saw the movie there in december i went on a date with a girl that just met and we watched it there together and i just remember becoming very uh like overwhelmed by this it was December 2012, and I was a teacher, and I thought, you know, I was 31 years old, and I'm like, okay, I got life figured out. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I clearly did not have life figured out, but it was, uh, I remember being moved, and when we walked out of the theater, not like when I saw Love and Other Drugs, by the way, where that woman grilled me on that (laughs) day, like, you hated it, didn't you? You hated it. You hated it. No, it wasn't like that. Uh, She was more like, that movie was boring, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, wasn't that. Yeah, she wasn't boring. that impressed. She was a, she's a medical doctor. Maybe she had high standards. I don't know, but oh, either way, was I there a second being, date? There was, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then there was no third date. So uh, I just remember really enjoying <laughs> the, the movie with her.
2: Midling, midling. Yeah,
1: standard. mid. <laughs> maybe <laughs> she she did ghost me. So maybe she really did have high. She's like this, oh. this guy's trash. So. That's fine. If you're out there, <laughs> if you're out there today, I can't, to I can't remember eight. your name. I wish I could remember your name. It was a very unique name that I've never heard in my life. If you're out there, I hope you're doing well. All the best to you. So right. that was my experience. All right. So as far as the rating on this, IMDb, it's got to be a big hit. You know, David O. Russell is a popular yeah. director. I'm not saying it's a popular movie. Director. Yeah. I think it's going to be the 8s. You do? Okay. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Give, us, give it to I'll us. I'll say 8.0. Yeah, I'll say 7.9. Yeah, I would say a seven seven. Yeah, like uh, mm. yeah, a little mm. bit lower than eight. Oh, I nailed it! I'm not even kidding I must be burned in my memory. It must be burned in my memory because I like <laughs> seven, this movie. Seven. I nailed right. it. That's unusual. I get to do that. Yay, woohoo. As far as rotten tomatoes, this movie came out in twenty twelve, so we should have some wonderful tomato reviews. I think Destin Thompson's gonna check into this one. I feel really good about it, guys. I do.
2: Mm, I think he's retired by this mm. point. He's well into the Obama administration working for them by this point.
1: Yeah, but he came out of retirement because the movie was... No, okay, I won't say that. Tessin <laughs> would never do that. But 92% from the critics. That's an outstanding wow. score. And 86, yeah. 86 from the audience, so pretty tight, fairly tight. A little, little more so. I'm kind of surprised that the critics liked it a little bit more. Uh, it's not a huge it gap. A, it was a critical darling. Hmm,
2: it was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what Christian's email was referring to. I mean, when this movie came out, I mean, like it may have been overhyped by the time it was like Oscar season um mm-hmm. because like there was a lot of hot hot air being blown up around this movie i think
1: oh yeah of course the Jennifer Lawrence won an academy award you're right never mind yeah, okay yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that makes uh didn't wait do we have another it, dude Jackie it was nominated
2: for, it was, it was nominated, she was nominated for best supporting actress De Niro was nominated for best supporting actor bradley cooper was nominated for best actor it was nominated for best adapted screenplay and it was nominated for best film it wow. got all the top 5 Nominations.
1: Well, there you so go. That's
2: that's that's critical acclaim.
1: <laughs> yes, that's about as critically acclaimed as it gets. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, as far as those critics, what they said on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, how about this? Oh, I think we did this guy last time. I'm starting to get in the groove of this guy. Bob Mondello. <laughs> in the big head? Yeah. Bob yeah. Mondale with a large hat. That suits it. his name. Very good, Eric. Very, yes. R- writer, director Russell is just the guy to bring out and then calm, in parentheses, the manic dysfunction in these folks.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nobody does manic families like David O.
1: Yeah. You know, going back to the flirty with disaster days, that's just what yeah. he does. Yeah. that's He's very
2: good at that. I'll
1: give him credit. Uh, let's see. Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment Weekly on January 4th, 2013, said the following. A crazy butte of a comedy that brims with generosity and manages to circumvent predictability at every turn. It's generous. She's going
2: for the polysyllabic approach to that review.
1: Does does it manage to circumvent predictability at every turn? No. (laughs) Brilliant. Brevity is best, yes. I would I would I think uh, Eric already mentioned that earlier when he was alluding to that in the third act. Probably. Uh, Let's see. uh, Perry Nemeroff. Perry Mm Nemel. Yeah. Perry Nemeroff. Oh, Perry Nemeroff offers the satisfaction you'd expect from a rom-com and feel good sports movie. But Lawrence and Cooper's delicate treatment of their characters makes it far more than a fleeting source of entertainment. It's more than a fleeting source of entertainment, guys. Hmm. which I guess happens a lot in movie world. It's all movies are fleeting. They just come and go. Well, I
2: think he's trying to say it's elevated beyond the average romantic comedy kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Perry's a she's cute little brunette. And I think I think uh, like for me,
0: like. uh, Like when I walk away from the theater and there's a lot of times I'll watch a movie, I will never, ever, ever think about it ever again um but yeah this one i i I wanted to get back into the theater immediately i I definitely don't see this as as a fleeting experience
2: well and i think that um the reviewer makes a really good observation here that uh, a lot of it's the casting Uh, i know that mark Wahlberg was supposed to do this movie and man Mm -hmm. i don't think it would have worked I mean, I like Wahlberg. Okay. But I don't think it would have worked with Bradley Cooper or with, with him instead of Cooper. And I know that they had interviewed a ton of people. I don't, I don't, I know Andrea Riseborough was the only name that comes to mind, but uh, they, they had a bunch of other people in mind for, um, for Tiffany's role before they got to Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Eric or um, Mike, you already said that, like you fell in love with her in this movie, my all time, like I fall in love with you when I watch the movie is Nev Campbell <gasps> in uh, three to tango. But, I think that Jennifer Lawrence might give her a run for her money on this. It's hard not to fall deeply in love with this character. I mean, she's a very lovable character.
1: She's crass as fuck. She wears it on her sleeve. Yeah. She's just real.
2: She's just real. No bullshit. Fucking like she owns her flaws and she's uh, beautiful and fierce and strong. I think she's I mean, she's very, very, very much. I love this character yeah and her it, and her performance is what makes the character in a lot of ways the the looks that she gives and that kind of stuff is all very both of them just um i mean it's a good story but the casting of both of these actors i think was critical to the success of this movie
1: big time vince yeah. vaughn,
0: uh came yeah. up for pat a lot i mean i was watching this and i was thinking vince vaughn many times like the fast talking yeah, like he,
2: positivity God, i don't want vince vaughn with anxiety and bipolar disorder <laughs> i'm sorry it sounds exhausting mm-hmm. i don't Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I see that. Let's I, I, just be uh, a couple more quickly because we got Goody Coons here. Goody Coons is checking Goons. in on this. But uh, Rex, Reed first, Rex Reed first says this There's nothing wrong with the overrated Jennifer Lawrence that some serious Dang. acting lessons couldn't improve.
2: The <laughs> and the then she went the Oscar
1: <laughs> uh, eat those words bud sure. yeah he wrote that on November 20th 2012 that was right before the movie went mainstream there's nothing wrong with the overrated Jennifer Lawrence that some serious acting lessons couldn't improve what the hell that's bogus Rex Reed get a clue And Bill Goody Coons he was, off on he was you're Koontz. off the mark there Rex Goody Coons said for a movie that seems at times to have no idea what it's trying to do Silver Linings Playbook is compulsively watchable yeah. Uh, if Goody Coons
0: was a candy bar, what do you think that would be
2: in it? <laughs> nougat.
1: Yep. I Did know. you see my nougat? That's exactly what I thought. Nougat for some I'm reason. Kind of crunch.
2: Oh, I'll <laughs> take another Goody Coons. Another Goody Coons. The, the, the Nougat. nougat <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: basically a take five. Is that what it becomes with Nougat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. Wow. Well, this movie Bill, was reviewed by a million Goody people, Kuntz. but. Bill, take five Goody Coons. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. But yes, Jennifer Lawrence boy she just Mm. yeah she really i mean so few movies did someone strike me in that way where you don't want to say because i've always delicately walked this balance of these are people who put themselves out there on a screen to millions of people and they perform a role but they're not your friend uh they're not your lover uh, they're not your crush but what they do when they create these performances is open to interpretation for you as a viewer when i saw this movie for the first time i was just blown away by her performance and i was truly like wow this woman's incredible i have she hit me hard with her performance and it stuck with me in a way that i was drawn to jennifer lawrence's character and i, I couldn't wait to see the next stuff that she did and she never I never felt like she got back to what was she was able to do in this film. She's a you know she's a solid actress. I know some of us hate Mother, but uh, she's good in that. And there's other roles where she's selling.
2: I mean, I think yeah, I think she's an incredibly talented actor. I think that she's really really good. But uh, yeah, has she been as uh, electric as she is in this movie? I mean, for all the credit that I give to the acting, Mm. there is really strong writing here as well. This is a really uh, believable, nuanced character with flaws and secret motivations that are not telegraphed obviously throughout and like it's just it's a complex character and um she served it well
1: yeah and she also turned this into she went to the franchise with the mockingbird you know the the hunger Games well, yeah. stuff yeah so and is, and, no, and, X-Men. For that. and x-men oh she, right I mean, yes just, yeah 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 you're right which got destroyed because it just ended Probably. so badly, but first class, the first two were really good, yeah. First two were great, and then it goes downhill, but... Um, <laughs> yes, you know. but she's outstanding <laughs> as Mystique. You're right, she's outstanding yeah. as Mystique, and I'm not a big Hunger Games fan, but she, she uh, gets the job done there. I just, I don't think she ever got the writing she ever got here, because in American Hustle, she's actually really good in American Hustle, but it's a really different character who you really don't... I know Eric hates American Hustle talk, but she's not... Uh, somebody that you want to really she can draw you in, but she's cruel and she's got manic issues that push her into depressive stuff that makes her want to be codependent and also kind of not likable well, in a way. So it's just different.
2: She is. She's incredibly young. She's only 31. I think now she has um, been mm-hmm. nominated twice, won once for an Academy Award. Um, and I think that there's plenty of decades uh, of her coming, I hope, uh, with more oh. work. Um, so I think that we'll continue to get some. Uh, yeah, I agree that she hasn't had quite this kind of role, but I don't think it's far from her reach.
0: Okay, so American Hustle was a very it was a very showy role for her, and I do think she was kind of showing off in it. And she doesn't like do that in this at all. Uh, she's much more reserved in this and kind of bold in her choices. Like I don't see any of these vain. Actors like Anne Hathaway, who was also talked about for this, like making these kind of bold choices, like mugging and doing, like making these silly faces and being kind of raunchy. And what about what she does in the diner,
1: though? She goes apeshit in the diner, and she there's scenes where she just hams it up a bit for sure. (laughs) And
2: a lot of of that's in the script, clearly or almost certainly. Um, yeah, you know, it's fun. I, I I can kind of imagine Anne Hathaway being able to pull this off. Um I certainly better than any of the actors we've discussed that was uh that were up for the Pat role. Um I think Anne Hathaway is maybe one of the few people I think could have could have done this okay. But again, I mean it's an Academy Award winning performance, an extremely memorable for performance from a powerful Hollywood actor in Jennifer Lawrence. I'm glad it went the way that it did.
0: She comes in, I think twenty five minutes into the film, which is a big chunk. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for a lot of the movies, she's kind of fucking with Pat, who is unstable. Well, she's, a, she's and, unstable. Yeah. But
2: Pat's not, I mean, like... She's not fucking with him. She's, I mean, she's kind of in love with him like from the start, right? I mean, I feel like the, I feel like she's smitten with him like right from the fucking get-go. Because That's what as, we, she accu- yeah. as she accuses her sister of... She accuses her sister, you just like me, me, me being around because I'm more fucked up than you. I think there's part of this character that likes Pat because he's more fucked up than her but she likes him right from the start. Which is what we
0: find out later. She manipulates him for several weeks.
1: Yes. It's not months. We find that out later, right? Because she's working with Pat's parents behind the scenes, which is what you find out later on, which I don't see. uh, I don't know anything about the book uh, that much. I never read the book. No. I don't know the source material. I don't think either, any of us, nobody read the book, right? No. Yeah. So I, I, I just don't know how that was decided upon it was a source part of a novel or did David or Russell say, Hey, let's have her working behind the scenes. It, it kind of bothered me that she was working behind the scenes and that it wasn't more naturally developing in terms of how Pat and Tiffany evolved with one another. But it also well, makes a lot of sense for why she shows up running with him a lot while he's out there with his garbage bag doing his thing. Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I, th- I think that's, that's not that uncommon when you're trying to get with someone and um, maybe like, To like get some assistance from other people that look are looking out for their best interests to a degree not so long as you're not being manipulative i mean like i don't i I mean okay so um the the false letter and all that is like okay that's that's a separate thing and i think that there is an issue that goes a bigger problem with me because i give her a pass because she's a fucked up pretty young person who's uh in love with someone who's who's in love with someone else so she's trying to make that work so my husband just died right who i don't give a pass in the movie is cliff patel this guy is not a great therapist i mean (laughs) why are you showing up at the family house like why are you telling him um to to you you know he he even tells pat at one point to uh to like that it would impress nikki if he got to know Tiffany better, like that's a terrible motivation. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that Patel does. I'm like, Jesus, that is a breach of uh, of trust. <laughs>
1: that's not okay. Yeah, it's another terrible example of therapists in movies. It's just the worst. Yeah, All of, of, of it's friend. bullshit. Yes, and it's- F- Find a strategy. Okay, doctor, <laughs> thank you so much for your help. <laughs> find a strategy, Pat, you'll be fine. Yes, that's what's... That's bad, it's bogus. This is a common trope in movies. Counselors and therapists fucking their clients and their patients. It's so yeah, dumb, yeah. or just, like, fucking with them, or going way over border border no boundary boundaries. lines. Yes, right, no right. boundaries. And I think this is where the script got messed up, is when they have that scene at the Philadelphia Eagles game, they go to the tailgate, and you know, Pat goes... His father, Robert De Niro, Pat Sr. got banned decades ago because he's a psycho about the Eagles and beats everybody up. So Pat goes with his brother and magically Dr. Patel shows up with the Asian invasion, as it's called. And mm-hmm. I, which uh which happens to lead to a fight because these, you know, bigoted Philly fans roll in and start saying things about them. Yeah. And I wonder why did this there's just so unlikely philadelphia eagles are a huge deal in philadelphia which is a oh, massive city my God. philly is philly is not a cornfield town it's not something like oh hey we all know each other at the local high school football well, game it would be extremely unlikely that the dr patel and pat would show up together even near the same tailgate no, of a massive gonna, city
2: i have to start i have to strongly disagree with you someone who lived there for seven years i would routinely routinely run into people that i knew in, parts of the city all the fucking time. On subways, okay. I would be on the I'd be on the bus, I'd just drive by someone I knew on the street like holy shit, there's so and so. It is a, it yeah. is a big small town um for one. And for two, like they don't live in Philly. They live in Jinkintown. They live in or not Jinkintown. That's that's where uh, Bradley Cooper's from. They're from um they're in Delco. They're upper Delco. Ar, Upper oh. Darby. They yeah, they're from Delco, which I mean like if or Delaware County for the uninitiated. And he is such a Delco bro like living in his fucking uh, in his <laughs> his jersey and and all that like i mean like it's such a specific uh kind of person the delco dude and i think they do a really good job with that with the accent and all that but yeah no i'm gonna have to disagree because i mean um I, philly is a big town it's not a big city it's a big town in my in my opinion
1: that uh, may be true but it just seemed like uh convenient uh, it seemed unnecessary Like you, sure. don't, you don't... He doesn't need to see a sure. doctor in the situation because then the doctor ends up in the house when they have this big argument about it because everybody gets in trouble, blah, blah, well, blah.
2: Here's a better question. Is there only one cop in the whole fucking town of yes! Upper Darby? Dash hot yeah! he's, and he's, and clones all over the clones. does he even place? show up at the at the fucking event, the dancing event? I believe he's in the audience watching. Like, what the hell is Dash Mihawk yes. doing there? Because Nikki he shows be up.
1: Yep. <laughs> He's, like, watching over her because of this restraining order. Apparently, cops get specific orders for one restraining order, which they're responsible for in right. perpetuity until it's over.
2: And if the cops get called at 3 in the morning, like, he's, like, parked outside the house just waiting to come
1: inside. <laughs> Staking it out. Uh, yeah, that kid, by the way, that kid across the street who's wants to record everything, that's so funny. There's this annoying kid Ooh. who's, like, it's, it's true to life to me. I thought that kid was very realistic and hilarious. And when Pat gets so pissed, Pat Sr., the, by yeah. the way, Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro had mailed it in for a long time. And for me, this was mm-hmm. always, this was like his last great performance in my mind at the time when mm-hmm. I saw this film.
2: No, I agree. I don't know if that's his last because I like The Irishman quite a bit. But um, this is. At the this time. Is, this is epic. This is like classic De Niro. And when he tells that dude that he's going to break the camera over his head and come back and interview him, how <laughs> it feels to have the camera broken over <laughs> yep. his head, why are the funniest part in the whole fucking movie? Yes.
0: I remember sitting in the theater, like, like thanking whoever, like, that we we have another good De Niro performance because I I had given up. Like, when you when you wind back the clock, I mean, it's almost it's almost heat. <laughs> That's like fifteen, seventeen yeah. years. Like, meet the
1: parents. He was solid in, and he got a lot of publicity for. Fun. But
0: he got into these comedies. Yeah. Like, he was doing all yeah, this silly uh, shit
1: and yeah, yeah, Metro. Parody. It was just like a series of <laughs> Metro was yeah. the nineties. Right, Ronin, uh I mean No, Metro is uh
2: is Eddie Murphy. I believe you were thinking of Showtime. Oh.
1: Show, see, it's all Show Showtime. Exactly. Yeah, it's all It's, a blur. it's all a blur. Yes. Yeah. So, so he blurb. killed it. And I was like, oh, it's so great to see De Niro back. This is awesome. And the Jackie Weaver was someone I was less familiar with when mm-hmm. it came out. But I was really moved by her performance because she was a caring mother. She expressed a lot of emotion on her face. But she also mm-hmm. expressed her opinion. She wanted to make her Krabby mm-hmm. Snacks at Homemades. But she also yeah. initiated more change. <laughs> she initiated more change for Pat than... The father did, really, because she got him out of the hospital early, and she's the one who surprised him by having him come home. So she's the initiator to help Pat get to where he needs to go, really more than I think anybody beyond Tiffany.
2: And another really flawed character filled with love. I mean, like, she's clearly pulling her son out too early, despite that, you know she probably knows better i mean she gets him on the road and he's like immediately like trying to break someone out of prison and like and grabbing the steering wheel and almost crashing the car um and so she's so blinded by her love for him and her good intentions and there and there's that's another thing. one of my notes is like man he is so even even though pat senior beats the shit out of him for elbowing his mother in the face like he's so lucky to have such loving parents because there are people plenty of people that have less emotional issues than than Pat Jr. here and do not have that kind of network whatsoever. Gone, would
1: be gone. Yeah, right. there'd be they no would one just... to rely on.
2: Right, and then those people can end up really, really h- hurt and really harmed in life, and so that is something that I really love about the movie. And is that it shows the importance of having a network of people that love and care about you, regardless of how fucked up they are. And every single one of them is fucked up. Like I love that John Ortiz's character, which I'm always happy to see John yes! Ortiz on film. I love mm-hmm. that his character when he has a, a moment alone with uh, with Pat, every chance he gets, he's like, "I'm feeling crushed. My life is falling apart. Like he's, like, <sighs> like he's dying inside. Like everybody <laughs> Else. Like Pat is not special because he has bipolar. <laughs> Everybody's got these struggles.
1: Metallica, mega deck. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> look at his face. Yeah, this that. is so like great. seriously <laughs> struck with terror and anxiety, but it's funny. That was yeah. really one of the things I loved about this movie the most when it came out, because it was really funny about really serious shit, but it wasn't yeah. done in a poor way. That's I right. think you really hit on the kind of the heart of why I liked this when I first came out. Yeah.
2: And like when Chris Tucker shows up on film, like the first hey! thing I read is like, oh, anxiety. Uh, but this is maybe one of the best performances of his career. I'd say this in uh, Dead Presidents.
1: Another um, one where, where he'd been. He hadn't been. I mean, what did he have done? After Rush Hour 2, and it was kind of like
2: he returned. Yeah, he, he's definitely one of the, I mean, as we know, he's one of those guys that comes and goes. But Oh, now he is. Um,
1: but at the time when this movie came out, I was like, oh, my God, Chris Tucker's back. This is great to see him here. That was another reason. I think right. it's a smaller one. But I was like, oh, I love Chris Tucker. He's back in a film.
2: But as small as the role is, he packs a lot of humanity into it and believability about his um, issues.
1: Yeah, the hygiene law. Uh, I Googled that several times, by the way, about the <laughs> that thing he keeps talking about that he's trying to get out of the hospital for. It really is a real thing. It made no sense to me at the time, but it technically is a real thing.
0: We'd seen a lot of movies about OCD. Uh, I think it's done well here with Pat Senior. Mm-hmm. but. Can you think of any um, bipolar films before this? And how do you think they they treated the condition in the film? Uh, I believe
2: isn't uh, Mark Ruffalo bipolar and the kids are all right.
0: Well, not the kids are all right.
2: um, The one before that, um, the one with Laura Linney. Oh, um, infinitely polar yeah, bear. You can
1: count on me. Yeah, I not not
2: He's definitely bipolar and infinitely polar bear. Yeah. Uh, you count, can count on me is what I'm. What about Girl to say.
1: Interrupted? What mm-hmm. is that? I mean, that seemed like yeah. There's, yeah. yeah. But I maybe think there's it's, plenty of movies that that
2: deal with mental health issues. I mean, I'm bipolar specifically. Um, well, they used to call it manic depressive. Yeah. So I guess.
1: Uh, well, yeah, you're right. The the point of this too, which was really impressive, was the way that. You know, it's become much more open over the last ten years. I feel like now social media has been a big part of that too. We all seem to talk about it more openly. But yeah, I that was another reason I was drawn to the film is like, oh wow, yeah, this is. And I had I had no idea what life had in store for me at the time when I first saw this movie. I was like, oh, I thought I had already knew a lot about the challenges yeah. of life. It would get a lot worse for me. But I mm-hmm. I really liked the depiction of it as not being. Like the way that he avoids his meds, he's like, I don't want to take my meds. I don't want to take my meds. And it's not getting better. And sometimes meds do work. It's not the overall ultimate solution. But there's a good balance here of showing us what can happen when you do take your meds at times and it can help you. I I just thought it was well done in terms of the balance of the people who say no meds at any time versus, all right, I'll give it a shot.
2: I I agree that there's been a, a sea change in this country since this movie came out in terms of how we talk about mental health issues and how we're much, much more open and, and upfront about it than we ever would have been before. And to a degree, I'm not saying single-handedly, but perhaps the popularity of this movie did, you know, uh, was a, a drop in that ocean. The scene when um, Jennifer Lawrence's character and Bradley Cooper's character are first introduced to one another, and they're like, bonding over the medications that they've had to take yes! and, and, and she talks to him in the in the in the road and she's like you're not a hypocrite you're not a liar you're not like them because them julia styles character which i love her i wish she would do more she's such a great actor yeah. but her character and john ortiz's character they're just as fucked up as everybody else but they're like pantomiming their way through life like hey we have a nice dinner we do this we can't talk about the drugs that we're on and all that kind of stuff um and and these days i think that like the way that um Pat Jr. and her and and Tiffany, you know, come off in that scene is a lot more relatable and understandable and not nearly as, oh, wow, what a couple of weirdos on drugs. You know, it's like, oh, that's what we're on. I'm on this.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they're talking about a a lot of those drugs in there. I was like, oh, yeah, Abilify and Seroquel. uh, Yeah, Klonopin. Yeah, it takes the life right out of your eyes. It was so accurate and so true. That's exactly what some of that stuff does and why people don't want to take their meds at times. But that's why you got to find the right balance. Sometimes you get too much of it. Sometimes you don't get enough of it. That is also uh, it's just another great reason man why this movie is was great because yes the people who live their lives according to some way they think it's supposed to be lived versus the people who are having a challenge with that so they get labeled too They're they're having a challenge like wow i don't really fit in with the way our culture and society does things is it me is it the culture it's probably me and that's unfair at times And that's exactly what you have here. When Pat later says in the movie, like maybe we know something you guys don't know about, you know, maybe there's a sixth sense we've tapped into here. Mm -hmm. That's beautifully said, Mm -hmm. it is. And by the way, his brother is, why is he such a dick? Like, why is he saying all those things to his brother when they first see each other again? Like, I'm getting married, you're a loser. It's like, what the, this is very weird dialogue. Stop talking about yeah. all the good things that are good for you, it's, for you. It's, um, very strange.
2: It's, it's funny though because I think that the character has like because the character Shea Wiggum every time like Shea Wiggum like is this an Irish cop from 1914 but every yeah. time Shay Wiggum like when he shows up on screen um, like the first thing he does is like hey well remember your your um, what's the word I'm looking for your restraining order so restraining immediately order. he's on him about shit and then he's like um, telling about all the stuff that's going on good in his life. And as he's doing it, I think he's starting to realize that like he's doing this competitive older brother thing and then like realizes as he's done it, doing it like, oh, fuck. Like I am telling you all the ways that my life is great while your life is terrible. And it's not. And what's awesome about that scene is is I got nothing but love for you. It's like, oh, man, it's such a great moment of growth um, halfway through the movie for the character uh, of Pat, because Pat grows throughout the movie. But it's not all at once you know we we have we get to see him like we get to see him struggle like should I get in this fight and protect my brother or not we get to see him like try and work this stuff out instead of just being like well I'm a big fuck up and now I'm fine because I did this dance
1: and it went well you (laughs) see the mania yeah (laughs) Yeah, you see the mania as it starts to balance out a bit. He throws the book out the window late at night, and he he can't believe it. I can't
2: apologize to you, but I can't apologize on behalf of Ernest Hemingway.
1: Ernest Hemingway, what the fuck? It's a great syllabus, too. I mean, got to read the whole thing.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, That's one of my – you touched on one of my favorite things about this movie, and uh, specifically the Pat character. Like, We've had to sit through so many movies where this – these ailments are introduced in this, this laborious melancholy oh. journey to have resources. This is the first movie I remember seeing in a long time that introduces our characters already equipped with resources and mantras and a positivity about their conditions that I would never seen. lost
1: a lot of and, weight too. They, they bring yeah. that up casually a lot through the film, but it, it, it's not like they force it on you, but it lets you know that, okay, he's been working on himself the last six to eight months.
2: And he, And one of the things,
1: because Nikki, right. he was fat. And one of
2: the things that he's working on is is coming to see <laughs> his bipolar disorder as a silver lining in and of itself yeah. which is so much of like the people in his life are like this is a problem you're a problem ah. but then you have tiffany come in and be like i'm a sloppy mess and i'm okay with my fucked up in this and he comes to talk that kind of way too he you know when like what you were just referencing maybe we have a sixth sense and he says something else similarly where he's like you know like Maybe like I have a, you know, like, I have a different way of looking at things. And I think that's so true as someone who has ADHD and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I like I you don't have to like view. I mean, it's not to compare, but I mean, like you don't have to like disorder, disease and all these kind of like these qualifiers are so ugly I mean, when we're all nuanced in our own ways and we all have whatever diagnosis we could. You know, there's all we all have some diagnosis or more that can be presented to us. And so this the the message of self-love in this movie uh, is,
1: I think, really strong. Yeah, I think a lot of this is earned fairly and properly. The way that Tiffany starts to say, I always do things for other people. And then she stops. Yeah, she she demands that Pat do this dance competition Because she's always I always just do things for other people. That you know, all the shit that happened at her office after her husband died, you know, all sleeping with everybody and just saying yes, yes, yes and and just giving in to everything and that was that's earned growth to me because it happened through a process of experiences. Mm Because she starts to say what you alluded to a moment ago, Travis. I love all the dirty parts about me you know it's sloppy and it's a mess and it's complicated but you know can you forgive yourself Peck? can you forgive fucker it's a great line it's really powerful and Mm. I, I personally took something in my own life from it I know it it's actually a really good message like shit yeah accept ourselves and all the dirty parts or the parts that are labeled otherwise by other people or even ourselves who are often our worst critics. I think that's one of
2: the things, you know, about the dialogue in this movie is there's like these really hard hitting messages coming from her, coming from Pat senior, coming from Pat junior, like these really important, especially her hard hitting messages. And they're just getting like speedily handed to us. I'm I'm like scrawling stuff down as I'm taking notes. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so brilliant. Oh, that was a brilliant line too. Like there's so many (laughs) just like, they're just like crammed in their lines.
0: And the scenarios uh, and the, uh, like the, um, the conditions of this of the sale delusions in the uh the the mood swings and the elevated very elevated mood almost to the point that it's like a uh like a toxic positivity if you don't know what if you don't know pat's situation it would be like jesus christ get the (laughs) fuck away from me dude but they're all they're all introduced through through story through all of the circumstances too they're not telegraphed and they don't seem cheap or 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 unearned at all it's a very lived script yeah
2: yeah, go ahead. No, well, please. Uh, okay. Well, this it's a very lived-in movie. The house feels lived-in. The, the the people yeah. feel lived-in. Um, the wedding ring still on. You know, all this stuff just feels so authentic, um, which goes a long way towards making the movie feel
1: real. I went to that diner, of course. I had to check that diner out when I lived there. I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta go to all these places because it's partially, it makes it look like it's one part of the Philly area, but really it's not because a lot of it was filled in the like, high class area up there. You know, I'm talking Arvada or something like that, where Villanova is, and that yeah, whole Abington, strip. yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: like a yeah, it's, a, it's actually like a half hour outside of Philly, except for the end of the movie, of course, which takes place on like on Chestnut Ave.
1: Or Chestnut oh yeah, Street. that is real. Yeah, but Chestnut. I yeah, want to
2: get real. to this ending.
1: Yeah, huh? let's get to this third act. You so pissed? I,
0: well, I'm not pissed because every time I every, every time the scene comes, we're like, it's it's actually helping my breathing. <laughs> I, there's not I don't know if there's echinacea in this thing or what, but I can breathe. With this, Somebody thing. help this man! Um, like, <laughs> I don't know, man, dude. I I for Are you reading the signs, Pat. To I just I don't I, I don't know I. I struggle a lot with this this ending after the dike. I love the dance. I love the, all the, the parlays and the bats and all this stuff. But, like, I struggle with whether or not I want Pat and uh, Tiffany to end up together at the end. I'm probably yeah. alone on this. Uh, I, I may have needed just a little bit more because it just seems like a very clean arc, almost like he's, like, fixed in, in his – you can't, like – hmm. You see what I'm getting at here. He he just seems like he's repaired and he's totally like cool Oh, because the way he especially acts Especially when he delivers this heartfelt moment, the way he, and yeah. he doesn't have these quirks. Nothing weird happens or idiosyncratic. It's just very clean and tidy. And you got the 360 camera going around the kiss, and, and it does. See, it seems a little artificial. Because the role I mean, reversal, I, I would have liked it more. If, the
2: role reversal. Yeah, I, I just it's don't what do you mean oh and that she's oh, she's real- kind of freaking out well she's also like yeah she's he
1: becomes very calm yeah
2: and 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 also like she almost crashes the whole thing before it even starts by getting drunk with this dude which i also she love that back, back to, to the again, old ways she's flawed she's a human being yes um and so yeah I, I i hear what you're saying eric i i don't I i don't feel like he comes across as fixed i feel like he comes across as finally over Nikki like that that to me is what whispering to her is about is like him finally getting closure with all of that but why would he be over it it seems like he would be more than ever like oh she seems to have liked the performance like because he's he's had had a week or more um to process that the letter was not from Nikki and for him to think about all of that and he's been slowly falling in love with Tif- T- T- Tiffany since the moment he met her. Oh, oh my God. When the, when the, the, it shows them meet and like the way that it's filmed, like he's like looking at her eyes and then he's like looking down at her cleavage and then like he's looking back up at her. Like, it's just so real. Like, you can really feel that he's like smitten <laughs> immediately. He says, like, you look great. Like, he just meets a stranger. He's like, you look you look great. I'm not flirting with you. Um, you have poor social he, skills. You have a problem. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I love the way they talk to each other. So, so truthful. Um, but yeah so i think he's fallen in love with her throughout he comes to realize that he's fallen in love with her throughout um she's known that she's been falling in love with him for the duration of the film but he has not known that he's been falling in love with her so i i get what you're saying like the 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 camera flying backwards past the season greeting sign it's all very cinematic and and like a you know crescendo to a romantic comedy but how else was it supposed to end?
0: <laughs> and this, like, like I don't know, man. David or Russell let me down a little bit with this. Like, we finally get to see Pat and Nikki like have a uh, conversation. He's going to do the whole "you don't get to hear it." Well, maybe if that just means you can't write it well. I don't believe that. Though. Like, I felt. A I think cheated. they ran
1: out of time here. I think. I think there was so much packed in here. I think it's fair to say that. I wonder how much. They wanted to cut versus, you know, this is a classic tale. You know this Eric as well as anybody. He he comes off the fighter. You think he should have carte blanche, right? He should be in the zone with this film. Mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm, so at the mm-hmm. same time, actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, why would he have anything limited? I mean, what's the runtime in this? It's bare, It's not even two hours, is it?
2: He had shot, I, I think, think so. five different versions of the dance, uh, and between takes of them dancing and takes of Robert De Niro watching, um, takes that included like. De Niro being thrilled takes with De Niro looking pissed takes of of the (laughs) dance going well takes of the dance Ah. not going so well and then he played with it in editing to figure out the right tone and I think he found it personally he was yeah he was ready to hedge his bets I mean he was hedging his bets when, during filming but I think he found the right tone personally uh, I, I I think that if this movie had derailed into some sort of long conversation between him and Nikki that would not have been satisfying because the movie's not about him and Nikki it's about him and Tiffany and if the movie had ended with them not together I would for one who the fuck would talk about it. Why would you care about this movie if it just bi- 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 like introduces these two severely flawed characters that are clearly made for one another and then just has them go their separate way? That's I mean, that's oh, oh, you want life? Go live a day. Don't watch a movie if you want life.
1: <laughs> it's two hours and two minutes, by the way. So yeah, you could have. I mean- I think you could have put 15 minutes on this, and I'd still be all right with it. I, I don't say that very often. In fact, I rarely recall ever saying that on this show. When a movie gets longer, I'd like to trim. Rare. But I, Eric, I would, I wouldn't have minded hearing him and Nikki have a conversation and and see that. But the way it's done in the end, I don't think it matters because Nikki's the past. Like that, he he's moved the whole thing forward here. Where to us, at least to me as a viewer, it's very clear. It's like Nikki. That's what, everything I thought I wanted. That's also why it's done so well because you don't need to hear what they have to say because that's what he used to think life was about. Nikki was my life, and we, you know, th- remember what they say in the movie when he describes. Tell me, you know, tell me about the wonderful Nikki love. Tiffany has to know why <laughs> Nikki love is so incredible. And, yeah, he, and he's like, he says, we both try to change each <laughs> other. <laughs> we don't talk for <laughs> weeks at a time. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh my God, so that's. Fucked up. <laughs> perfect yep couldn't have said it better so we know that it's clearly a flawed relationship that pat had idealized which we do we idealize people in our lives i've done it i've idealized people that i thought were the one or my everything or this is my way forward and i was it was not true and they're working on this
2: project for weeks if not months and the project of course is not really the dance the project is their relationship so every day i mean he's like putting her first and almost every chance that he gets. And it's not really about the dance. It's about them. Yeah.
0: I hear you. But he's late all the time, so he's not exactly running got, to go I see her, her every single
2: day. He's And he's, and he's torn between <laughs> different people.
1: I mean, he's, yeah. he got split I, loyalties here. I think he was i think he was kind of i see
0: see him using tiffany for the majority of the Uh, film and then all of a sudden there's like okay movie's about to end we better make sure that they actually uh fall in love
1: i think he didn't real maybe it's not maybe the one thing that's not earned eric is when he you know after the big hubba baloo from the football game and he realizes that she wrote that letter when you know reading the signs is the telltale released to him, like, oh, shit.
0: Wouldn't that exasperate his condition even yeah. more? Like, all of these intense things going on, they seem to ground him. Wouldn't they just exasperate everything but here's in the key his thing. Mind to like This is the one
1: him- thing that you've been describing this whole uh, kind of linear progression here. I think the key thing that I mentioned earlier was that he... I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but he starts to take his pills regularly and he gets a little yeah. bit more regulated. So he's not as that's manic as he was before. And I'm not saying that's valid excuse, but it is to me. It's the movie saying this worked for him. He's more oh, yeah. calm now. Yeah.
2: I think that's a really good point. And here's another one I think is a good point, Eric. It's that the movie's called Silver Linings Playbook. Right? He learns that she's <laughs> been deceiving him or whatever. And he finds the silver lining in it. He literally, like, learns that she had lied oh, to him. Oh, yeah. And rather than thinking, oh, she lied to me, he thought, why did she lie to me? Why did she do this? And he and then as, as he deciphered what her intentions were, he realized how he felt about her.
1: Hmm. That makes sense. Do it. No, I want to, no I'll want table, make, it. I'll give you I'll got me table it. Give me a
0: retort. Um, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'll, I'll move on okay. to Pat Sr. Like... Where a lot of, like I, I, I love Robert De He was so funny and he's so committed in this role. He's got so many sweet scenes with with Pat Junior. A lot of the movie, I'm sitting in my chair, especially today after this, like maybe fifth, sixth viewing, wondering if it's if everything is just about uh, the, the <laughs> betting and all of the sports, or if his, if any of this has to do with his love for his son. Because it's a lot, just just Betty. A lot of it is solely on this business endeavor.
2: Well, too much. Have you (laughs) met an Eagles fan? Like I'm telling you, dude. I before when I watched this movie, when I watched this movie before, I'm like, well, the father seemed a little unrealistic. I remember thinking that, like, when I first watched it. Then I lived Mm. in Philadelphia and got to know Eagles fans. I mean dude They're crazy this is the most passionate fandom of anything anywhere that i've ever come in contact with i'm not kidding i've not like star wars fans anybody else they don't hold a candle to the level of Jeez. love and loyalty and excitement i mean i cannot I, I had a hard like it was hard to get around it was like living in a like a uh, i mean it, it was it was people are obsessed of fucking cessed with the Eagles in that region. (laughs) I cannot tell you. I cannot stress how much they really truly are obsessed. So, on one hand, yeah, I do agree that like it's about the football. Like he's like in tears, please watch the game with me because he's so superstitious. Because he's and he just wants the Eagles Mm -hmm. to win. He Mm -hmm. doesn't really want to spend time with his son, he just wants Eagles to win. And you're right, that is that is not the greatest motivation. But like there is, I think that underneath of that, there's still the love for his son, but on top of it is very much the very real obsession both that an OCD person could have and that like a fucking Philadelphia Eagles
1: fan can have. I can, let me validate that.
0: I love how we don't even see like a football in the movie. We don't even see a play. <laughs> oh yeah. Like they don't cut yeah. to Not the once. TV. It's just all about the the human. We do see official
1: NFL merchandise, which is unusual. That's all real. Like you have to get approval for that. The mm. NFL's psycho about mm. that stuff. That's it. Yeah. But you're right. There's no plays. There's no like, hey, we're live at the stadium. It's first intent. No, it's not. We don't need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I want to validate what Travis mm-hmm. said. There's two examples. First off, uh, throwing batteries at the opponents and at mm. opposing fans. At, and this is at veteran Stadium, which was the older, dumpy place before they moved into the new place. That was real. Also, another example is they booed Santa Claus. One year for real because he was not like an Eagles guy, or they knew that he wasn't. And a third one was an opposing football player from the Cowboys may have been paralyzed on the field and they were booing or cheering for it. So, yeah, th- oh, and they're uh
2: that's the other yeah. thing too is, it's not just that they're huge Eagles fan. It's, it's that 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 rivalry between the, the Cowboys and the Eagles is very real too because like if you're not an Eagles fan in Philly you're probably a Cowboys fan weirdly enough because I met like one in like 30 people that were from Philly that like just because they're like I don't know like I gotta be the opposite of everybody else and since uh, this is the rival yeah. team that's like the big rivalry team that's the team of the, the America's team so the Randy character also extremely believable and also much love to Paul Herman who passed this year
1: in 2022 Mm -hmm. oh he did shit Sopranos too another Sopranos connection yep he played Beansy on Sopranos thank you I was trying to think of his name for the last 15 minutes Beansy Beansy. he gets fucking paralyzed spoiler alert gets paralyzed Uh, so those those are real and then what De Niro says to Pat actually after the dance he's I think for the first time even Pat Sr is like okay yes It's true. Pat Senior won his bet, so he's probably on cloud nine. He's like, oh, I got everything I want right now, so I'm good good to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, you know, she never, you know, never really loved you. You know, you 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 may have loved Nikki, but that girl really loves you. I don't know if Nikki ever did. The way he describes that and the way he seems to – he hugs his son and tells him he loves him. Maybe that's fueled by football, but it's still a really – I buy it. And I think he clearly cares about Pat. It's not like he doesn't care, but we could yeah. argue about and whether he cares more about football or Pat.
0: People get lovey dovey when they're well, very related. Yeah, and we also, yeah. and we also see days. how
2: his switch uh, to where he suddenly likes uh, Tiffany. He's like, "Well, yeah, it, w- it would seem like <laughs> hilarious, <laughs> it's
1: so, funny. Uh, so funny. funny." I gotta say,
2: I did it before, oh, but now <laughs> both hilarious. of them are just on fire in that scene. Lawrence and Nero yeah. both are just mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's a- they
1: were so funny. <laughs> and the reason I. Hilarious. We don't have to argue about what's a Christmas movie, what isn't, but you talked about it earlier, Travis, how this house feels lived in (laughs) and the the whole whole world feels lived in. I got to say, man, when that scene starts off with the glasses and they do the toast at the house and he's got the white turtleneck with that green Mm -hmm. coat on, the Christmas music's playing. It just reminded me of something Mm -hmm. so specific to my childhood. Back, uh, go to my dad's house and for Detroit and Christmas and stuff. It was really weird. It, it that's why to me I'm just like wow. I know it's the last part of the movie, but it struck me so strongly as a nostalgic factor. And so that's all it is for me. Is it just reminds me of Christmas when I was younger as a kid. That's it. it doesn't mean it's and a Christmas emo- movie, but
2: yeah. And the emotional climax of the movie is, is all happening with Christmas lights around and all that kind of stuff too. So I, could, I mean, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying there's no reason to. associate Christmas with the movie I'm just saying I no longer wish to consider you've got male and sleepless in Seattle to be Christmas movies (laughs) nor will I consider this to be one it's I always hated Johnny
1: Mathis too and I had never liked Johnny Mathis but once you know I heard Misty in that I never did I I changed my tune after I saw this film and Misty was used in that way it's a beautiful song Johnny Mathis you're a very talented man holy christ Uh, i know we ran over earlier too we were talking about movie stuff but yeah yeah, we are gonna go close to the end here uh
2: any other final points that we want to make eric
0: we covered a lot of it man i could i could still talk I, i was i was very surprised at how much john Ortiz's character was making an mm-hmm. impression on me this time it's definitely got to do with age it definitely has to do with the str- stress of my life but when when you think about it like he's he's displaying a, a feeling that's just as you know in a lot of ways, just as violent as what Pat did to the history teacher. He's saying, sometimes I want to yeah. like, sm- it's funny, but he's saying, I want to go somewhere and just start smashing shit. And he's not somebody that's right. labeled with exactly. a, a diagnosis. Yeah. He's just a, a person like, like you said, Travis, you nailed it. Just like everybody has these things. And the, the quicker we can strip down labels mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. need them even, uh, we're all going to seem you know, I don't want to say normal because what the fuck is normal? We're just going to seem like people doing this. The one key past.
1: thing we didn't hit on that you just made it clear to me. This takes place during the meltdown, the great oh, depression, the meltdown, the economic yeah. things. Yep. That's why that's why I Pat that. Senior's yeah, trying yeah. to do this bookie yeah. thing, because he lost his the house. P- right. My father. They just mentioned in passing, yeah, my father lost his pension. Lost his like pension. it was a huge and, and, the deal.
2: Fund, and John Ortiz's character is flipping houses. And, yes. and, and trying to make a profit right. out of all of that. And that's because she wants more. I'm going to give coming, her more Yeah, coming from the other direction. So like, I thought that was really cool, too. Um, And that you and then also the other person loses their job in this movie is 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 Pat himself. Like it's one of the things I think that the movie does a good job of, of making us feel like that inferiority that he felt before this all even happened was that like he's a substitute history teacher and the guy fucking his wife is a real history mm-hmm. teacher. Mm. And then of all things to be listening to while she's cheating on her husband, is their wedding song. But what's brilliant about the movie is that when finally Nikki is there in the in the in, the, in, the, in the, at the at the dance competition, seeing them dance, the song they start dancing to, it's a Stevie Wonder song, which is brilliant. That is just brilliant. Take a different Stevie Wonder song and make oh, it. Wh- what's what Stevie Wonder song is it? Uh, it's not. All, uh, God, what song is it? Everything's all right. Or, it's not uptight all right, but it's something like that. It's 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 like a, it's yeah, like it's an upbeat, up- like everything's great kind of song. It's, and it's like like that's yeah that's what i'm saying like like you've seen it many times and you hadn't picked up on that but that's the kind of subtleties that happen in this movie that i think are really brilliant yeah beat the song that's another thing when she when she when she corners him and like you know there's no song playing there's no song playing and my sharia more kind of drifts into the Mm -hmm. into silence that's also really well done but the the, the way they Mm -hmm. use that motif and then they switch it they flip it um for their dance
1: competition i think is really brilliant That's the funniest. One of the funniest parts of the movie is when he shows up to that woman at the school. She's like, ah, he tries to hug her. Ah, get away from me. (laughs) You got. Yeah, he's he's out in the garbage bag. You know, when he's in that garbage bag zone, he's on fire. Don't
2: you worry about a thing. I wrote it down.
1: That was the song. Don't you worry about a thing. Oh, don't you worry about Mm. a thing. Okay, yeah, I did not pick up on that before. Very good. All right. Well, I picked the movie, so I'll go first. Uh, You know, I picked the movie and. Everything you just mentioned. You know, Sharia Moore was like my favorite Stevie Wonder song before I saw this movie. So just so many things about this film that hit me specifically. I'm not going to deny that. Yes, it spoke to me on so many levels related to you know our mental health disorders and family and uh, you know, love and thinking you are with the person you should be or not be and football and sports and how they could be communal sources, but they could also be toxic at the same time. It was just like all these things melded into this movie that spoke to me as much as any film that ever came out at that time. And over 10 years, this is the 10th anniversary. It came out 10 years ago, December of 2012. Wow. You know, it just doesn't change it. I know the movie beat by beat pretty much, but I didn't pick up on that Stevie Wonder thing before, so I learned things. I'm still learning things about the film and the way that David O. Russell did this. I think The Fighter is a fucking masterpiece. I do. I think Flirting with Disaster is an incredible mm-hmm. indie movie, one of the best indie comedies ever. I really do. And I Heart Huckabees, whether you like it or not, it's one of the my personal favorites. He, David O. Russell knows how to build levels on levels with his scripts. He's so good at that, and... I'm not even sure this is my favorite David O. Russell movie, but it's a damn, damn good one that spoke to me, and it's, it you know, it's deserving of Bradley Cooper's status now as who he is. He solidified it with this role. You know, he went on to do American Sniper and all kinds of stuff after that, and we take him for granted today. But this role really defined Bradley Cooper. It said farewell to Robert De Niro in a really classy way, and even though he's alive and well, I know that. Yeah. I'm just saying for the me. Irishman yeah I, well, I, you know i mean, i gotta go back and watch that one again it was a long one and i'll have to set aside a week to watch it but i will <laughs> either way yeah Silver lines playbook holds up but <laughs> it was probably obvious i know that and that's okay
0: <laughs> let, let, let me jump in being the most critical of the film uh but it's all it's all out of love man i i, I love I, I welcome this anytime it comes on because uh, it makes me laugh so much it, it's one of these weird movies where you're not really sure if it's okay (laughs) to laugh at a lot of it because there's a lot of fucked up stuff going on that's uh, characters being hurtful to other characters, people feeling pain and emotion. But David O. Russell gives it this, uh, he gives it this nuance and this delicate touch that it, it, it makes it okay for me to laugh at a lot of these situations. So many other filmmakers would have either cranked the cheese, they would have cranked the sentimentality, or they would have cut a lot of the mean-spirited stuff out of this in favor of Oscar bait trash. He's such a bold director uh, and very unique. And I I just love the way he uh, tells his stories with his characters, man. It's just so dynamic. There's so much energy in this movie. Like I paused it like after like 10 minutes and it, it just so much was given to me in this very short amount of time. I knew exactly who... My like my, my friends were going to be for, for the duration of the film and um it just coasts along man i got some problems with some of these motivations especially towards the end but one thing that never changes is every time i i watch this movie and you know pat's telling her how he feels about her at the end i just cannot help it i always have tears just streaming down my face just looking at jennifer lawrence these beautiful gorgeous soulful eyes listening to someone who genuinely appreciates her for who she is. It's so powerful and it's so real and it's a deserved an Oscar. And um, I'll keep coming back, man, because there's a lot here uh, of merit because it's not just a mental health film. It's a comedy. It's, it's like a family comedy and, and, a, and a drama. I love the movie,
2: man. It holds up All completely. Right. Um, talking about parts that. Of- that are very funny in the movie. Like there there are parts of where I just cackled out loud when they happen in the movie. And then there's parts like like reading my notes later. I just was like laughing my ass off reading the notes notes like just an hour ago. The scene where he goes to the house that she and I love that, that this is never even really message to us. Clearly the house that she lives in she had given that up to rent to like family friends or whatever, and then had converted the garage into a new living space for herself, which they don't make a big deal out of that. But again, like that's that very rich, believable stuff that speaks volumes about the character and yet it's not shoved in our face. And that, that, that when he shows up at that when when Pat shows up at, at like the main house, and then this other bozo blows in, like, oh hey, how you guys doing? He's looking forward <laughs> to. So yeah. fucking funny it's so funny and there's stuff like that throughout the movie that's just so funny and i also think that there's like these really again like these kind of like just good movie moments when he walks into his house when pat walks into his house he looks at his brother's picture up on the wall and he looks at where his picture is usually at and it's down it's been demoted to the table something's happened it's been bumped or something and it's on the table now but at the end of the movie is getting put back up on the wall in its proper place not that he's recovered from bipolar disorder just that he's comfortable with himself and his place in the world again. And that he's no longer fucked up over this relationship. That, that is really the main thing that fucked him up more than any issues that he had. Um, he, like the importance of this late life diagnosis. That's awesome that he gets that, but he only gets it because his life falls apart. Um, so I think that there's some really, really good stuff here in the, in that sense. And then again, like I have to disagree. I mean, well, you, you just said you got tears in your eyes at the end of the scene. So I guess you don't completely hate the ending. Um, I love that. Like he, he has this whole big articulate letter that he writes to her, and her response is, "You love me?" And he goes, "Yeah, I do." And she goes, "Okay," and she just kisses him. That's (laughs) it. I mean, what a great line! "You love me?" Okay. It's just it's so real and powerful. Um, I truly feel like this is one of the best romances of the 21st century, hand hands down, (gasps) one of the best romances of the 21st century, and it absolutely holds up. I love this movie.
1: Could have said it better myself, friend. Well said. (laughs) By the way, you just reminded me of that scene when Tiffany is listening to Pat talk that guy off the porch who she clearly had texted to tell him to come over, the total yeah. void nerd dude who is yeah. driving a Benz but probably a douche. It reminded me I truly happened to me once. I I defended this girl in an argument with some people in a basement at Mike Rings' house one night in like 2005. And she was, I didn't know she was around at all. She just came up in conversation. She was at that party, and then she had heard it in the stairwell and told me later, and she was very appreciative, and she kissed me. It was cool. So, I don't know. That stuff does happen, and it reminded it's me great. of that. It was a great right. story. She's a very nice person. I still love you, Leanne. Don't worry. It was, it's a long time ago. You know, things happen.
2: That's a five, you know. Yeah. That all was right. A while does, ago. does Leanne, does Leanne listen, listen to the show? Because you address her pretty much every episode.
1: No, I think the only time. You directly
2: she, address it. Like, hi, Leanne.
1: No, because if we even talked about a scary movie on the show, she would freak out. So, no way. The only way she hears the show is if so. I have my headphones off and somehow she hears you guys through the speakers, which would not happen because I'm a professional. <laughs> all right, there it is. There it is. One of our longer episodes recently, but it's the end of the year. We talked 2022 yeah. movie. You know, we did all that stuff. So, it's okay. I enjoyed it's the episode. Right. It just like Silver Lines Playbook. It flew by. So, yeah. Um, next week, we got Dragon Movie Guy on. And he, what's his real name? Does he have a real name? I mm-hmm. honestly don't know his real name. <laughs> cool. I, I, yeah, I we feel kind of Dragon weird. I'm like, all night. should I? Hey, dude, what's your? Yeah, I don't know if we ever got the actual exchange. I first <laughs> talked to him. Uh, looks like January of this year. He, he reached out and said, just found your Cinnamon Eye podcast on YouTube. It's a fun pod. I was like, oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, nice of him. But he didn't mm-hmm. say like, oh, he did say it, Brian. Okay, Brian. Oh,
2: Brian. He's, All right, Brian. Looking forward I'm, to having you on.
1: Hi, right. Brian. All right. What's Sorry, Brian's man. choice? What are we watching? <clears throat> well, Brian is. He didn't even debate it. He wasn't. You know, sometimes we have guests who're like, hey, I'm thinking about these four movies. He just came right in with the film he mm-hmm. wanted to do, and he said, "Can I do this movie?" And I said, "You want to do the movie? We'll do it. We haven't done it." He also checked our backlog to make sure we hadn't done it. So, Good. thanks, Brian. We appreciate that. Wow. Wow. He has selected a movie which looks like it's available now on streaming. I think I happened to pass by to Netflix earlier. We're going to 2005. I was ready to choose this movie a few times and I passed by it. So I did not influence him. You could check the logs. I'll show you the screenshots. Okay. We're doing a movie from 2005 starring Ryan Reynolds, the restaurant classic. Oh, Jesus. Waiting. Never seen it. Wow. Well, that Travis does not say those words very often. It's pretty rare. It is very rare. Okay. Right. I think it was it was on Netflix. I don't know if it is it's said Canada here, so I don't know if there's a difference between America, but well, I think he also chose it probably because it was streaming. Seems like the kind of guy who would do that. He's in the know. That's what we'll do next week. 2005 is waiting with Brian, the Dragon movie guy. Make sure you check out his uh, YouTube page. He's a really cool dude, and we'll talk to him next week. I think that's it, gentlemen. Have we covered everything? I think so. Well, are you on your way down to West Virginia, Travis?
2: Uh, nope. Nope. Staying staying in town for the oh,
1: Christmas holiday. Yeah. Okay. Great. Hmm. Well, uh, maybe I'll see you someday in person. Who knows? I did Perhaps. S- I want to give a shout out to uh, our friend James. He had his birthday last night. Jamie, yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday. Jamie. And I did go, actually. I actually went all the way up to Ann Arbor to his restaurant. Love if it. you live in Michigan, you live in the Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti area. It's called the Bellflower. It's fantastic. And I strongly recommend you check it out if you have some free time during the holiday break. That'll do it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great holiday. We'll catch you next week.
2: Why are they so excited about a five? (laughs) (laughs) Black it up, Pat. Black it up.